typically by the time we sit down, there's something snappy comes out pretty quickly, but so far nothing has come out yet. Eventually I'll just interrupt and start the podcast, but we haven't really gotten there. We are recording, but... That's funny. Welcome to Soldiers and Monarchs. (laughs) What's funny, Allison? I forgot. episode 41 oh wait no that's not how it goes uh i messed up the intro <laughs> it's monday night and we are in rachel's apartment which must mean it's monster monday um, typically known as star formers night welcome to rebels and robots episode 41 actually officially rebels and robots and Etc. Etc. The etc. This week will be Godzilla. So welcome to the first episode of Rebels and Robots and Godzilla. Uh, is there a, a R letter related to Godzilla or the the kaiju verse that we could throw Rebels in there? Rebels and Robots and Randa. That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, that's one of the characters' names. That's not exactly. It doesn't roll off the tongue super well. But hold on, there's a third voice in the room. Caleb, you sound different. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Caleb. Caleb was, uh, oh, uh, that's a weird joke that would need some explanation. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll cut back into that. But first, on the pod, uh, second guest ever, um, her name, I don't think I've, I've kind of said the name on the podcast before, but never really officially. It's my wife, Allison. My wife. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, how are you today? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for the welcome. I'm great. I was thinking maybe Rebels, Robots, and RAR. Oh, that's funny. Rebels and Robots and RAR. Ooh, RAR. Monsters. <laughs> that's cute. I like it. Okay. Yeah, I like the brainstorming. So brainstorming is good. That's that's how we came up with the Rebels and Robots name, because I was originally throwing out the podcast uh, jokes. You were being way jokes. too complicated about it. <laughs> how did you feel about my original podcast names for this? I thought Starformers was great, but all of the mashups you tried to do were ridiculous and I wouldn't have gotten them. Podformers so. Jedi caster. Yeah, no. <laughs> she wouldn't be. She wouldn't be starring. She wouldn't be guest starring. She, wouldn't on even, this she refused to be. <laughs> doesn't here. even listen. <laughs> yes, I've never listened to a full episode. <laughs> That's true. We did listen. I showed her the. Uh, I almost said Barb Formers, <laughs> Barbenheimer episode. Ooh. She listened to that episode. Oh, uh, I did. But hmm. you're not much of a podcasting person, really. Oh, like my audiobooks. Yeah, you like to listen to audiobooks. Um, Imagine us reading an audiobook. <laughs> that would be great. I would listen. Would oh, just on the pod? Just yeah. <laughs> I could have... I, I, I almost did it for from a certain point of view for some of the parts I found interesting. I read a few pages. Well, um, what we did for Caleb's first appearance on the podcast, we just had him quickly talk about his relationship to the topic. So what... Allison, what is your relationship to Star Wars and Transformers? Well, to Star Wars, I watched one movie in theaters in my life. And then when I met Cameron, we waited until we could watch all of the movies. And then when we finally got to a point where we could, we watched them all, which was like last semester. And I really liked them. And I like all of the Star Wars media we've been watching. We've been watching all the shows, which... I've loved mm-hmm. every one of them, I think. 
And then for Godzilla, I have never seen anything with Godzilla <laughs> or heard much, really. I don't know much at all, but I loved the first couple episodes of the show we just watched. So And Transformers? Oh, and Transformers. Um, Transformers, I think I knew more about that than Star Wars you, when I met Cameron. You went with us to see Rise of the Beasts. Yeah, and I think I might have seen another Transformers movie in theater, at least. I saw a few movies with my dad, and... I think they're pretty cool, but also I got a little bit done with Shia LaBeouf's acting. <laughs> and they all kind of seemed similar, so I wasn't extremely into them. I feel like when discussing television and film, it's oftentimes something you know a lot about because you did acting in mm-hmm. when you were in high school and stuff like that. So you know a lot about acting. So that, that's something you really analyze. Is that true? Yes, I would say so. Or at least I can feel it out and uh-huh. I get frustrated with horrible acting but then sometimes i think it's hilarious and i love watching it (laughs) what is the best performance in star wars from an actor or actress rachel do you have an opinion on that well allison thinks wow she's really like going deep (laughs) do you want like a real answer or a joke answer (laughs) joke answer (laughs) oh gosh that's almost hmm, (laughs) (laughs) there's so many options my like just like don't think about it just the first name that comes to mind i think adam driver it's the first name like the most adam thorough f- performance regardless of the quality of the writing absolutely regardless of the scene, scene he's in. like nailed the character like i think i think honestly what puts him wait is this like actually or like the joke answer no not my oh, joke okay answer. i was actually kind of like no whoa joke- wait wait <laughs> joke answer would be uh ahmed best as jar jar binks oh. just because that's overcoming bad writing. And, like, he did what was asked of him. And he had to be in costume on set, look like a moron. He had to trust George. Like, I respect that he put that much trust in George Lucas. The amount of <laughs> awful treatment he went yes. through afterwards. And that he came back around and was still in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I would love to... Do you have an answer, Allison? Off the top of my head, what I think of is Pedro Pascal. Because I really like his physical acting and how well he sells the character. Oh, the Mandalorian. Without being able to see his face most of the mm-hmm. time. When he's on set. Well, I think that, <laughs> yeah. I think technically your answer would just be the performance of the Mandalorian. Yeah, whoever yeah. is in the suit whenever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's mm-hmm. on set. Yeah. It is a nice combination of voice performance mm-hmm. and physical performance. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think... If you ever watched, like, the other day we were watching a Disney Channel show with my niece, our nieces and nephews, and there was a character whose face you couldn't see. And it was very clear that the voice of the character was not the physical performance. And in lower budget stuff, a character who is not doing their own voice performance, will and you can't see their fo- their face, will so overact. Mm-hmm. It was, like, ridiculously overact. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I think so, yeah. And so the Mandalorian could be way overacted. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like... The closest approximation, the obvious one, would be like Django Fett. Is he's a little overacted when he's got the helmet on, but yeah, the the physical performance of the Mandalorian is really strong for sure. I think it's hard to sync up your voice with someone else mm. because if you're not doing it at that exact moment, you can't get the inflection at the right time of the movement. And I really felt how hard it is to sync things like that when I was recording a song, and mm. it yeah. was very hard to get the timing right harmonizing with the main singer it's like it's not easy so that's very impressive to me did you come up with a get it with a real answer rachel i think so oh we're gonna get he's gonna get our names mixed up the whole night (laughs) 
I'm going to go with Fiona Shaw. As? Marva from Andor. Okay. Cassian's mom. And so granted, I am so biased when it <laughs> well, comes to... Well, let's save to... it. Let's save it because that's what we're talking I, about I today. I know, but her... I love Genevieve O'Reilly. Um, Who is... <gasps> Mommy Mothma. Oh, of course. Yes, yes, yes. That's a joke. Mon Mothma. Sorry. <laughs> that is a joke that we that I say every time I see Genevieve O'Reilly because mm-hmm. I'm just... I just think she, she kills it. Um, I think another good one is, um, ah, her name just escaped me. This is very disappointing considering I love Jurassic Park. Um, I like that rhythm of the table. Ah, I have to Google it. Oh, uh, dang it. I know who you're talking about. Haldo is her character name, right? Yes. Um... See, I can I can remember uh, actresses and actresses' names until I'm put on the spot. Laura Dern. Yes, Vice Admiral Haldo. Her first name is Amelyn, A M I L Y N. Mm-hmm. Damn, I did not realize that. So I love Laura Dern. Doesn't take much to. Improve. I mean, I I enjoy Laura Dern. Anything Carrie Fisher is in, I mean, I love. So, but also, I bet we could find a a lie in that. (laughs) She was in a lot of bad movies, Carrie Fisher. She's great, but Star Wars. I'm in Star Wars. I see. But anyways, um, I've got a collection. But Fiona Shaw for such a very short window of time. Yeah, like her character. Yeah, and we'll definitely be talking about that more. Um, Our subject for today will be the first season of Andor, which I. We're talking about Andor and... Oh, for some Rachel reason... Rachel gave me a look. I thought you meant, like, for some reason, you, you said season. I heard arc. And I thought oh. you meant, like, the first... And I was like, <laughs> why? The one thing lost on this being an audio format is you all don't get to see the looks Rachel gives me. What? Is this lost? <laughs> what? Is this lost? Oh, my gosh. Why? You <laughs> said lost. Uh, okay. Um, so we'll be talking about Andor because, um, Megan, can you put, why not? Megan, can you, or, or, oh, sorry, our friend, <laughs> our friend of ours who like makes edits, can you make an edit of every time I've said, is this loss? Like, no, don't do that. Please yes, don't. Do it. Do it. You've got do better it. things to do. do it. Uh, but, uh, this, it, we haven't talked about Andor officially and Allison, I just showed it to Allison for the first time, uh, here recently. And we thought that'd be a good time for her to come on the podcast. We will also tonight, uh, in as an introduction into the etc. part of this podcast, we watch the first two episodes of the Kaijuverse TV show Monarch uh, Legacy of Legacy Monsters. of Monsters. I want to say King of Monsters. Uh, it is the latest iteration in a series that Rachel and I have bonded over, which is, like I said, the Kaijuverse, which is um, a combination of Godzilla and King Kong movies that have come out since 2014. It's Legendary's uh, franchise. Yeah, Legendary's is the uh, the production company. Yeah, distributed by Warner Brothers. Um, it's pretty much. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute, but uh, so that that stays on today's docket and docket. Uh, but first, as always, we start with news. Um, I'm sure you have some news for us, Rachel. As always, I do, and this is like, you know me. I take screenshots on Twitter and then I read them. Um, so Bespin bulletins. So I don't really know how. Like, true this is, but Bespin Bolton reports that Pedro Pascal will not appear in The Mandalorian Season no. 4. Um, like, not even in a voice? Or he so, just won't be no, on he, set? So he will only f- only further recording studio because he's going to be busy with Gladiator 2 and Last of Us 2. So we won't see his face <laughs> at what all. A, what a so thing to like, be busy with Gladiator 2. That's wild. Um, So... 
Yeah. Um, I don't know why I put that screenshot in there. But anyways, I mean, not surprising. I think I, think I saw an, a comment that it kind of almost seems like... Are you trying to look at my phone? I'm crossing my legs. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> You're I thought, trying to look at my phone screen. Oh, now there's anything bad Rachel on there. Rachel was, was just like, so offended by the idea of like, Rachel, of Allison picking up her phone. No, I was just like, what? I've heard. I just heard some interesting observations that there almost seems to maybe be a bit of Pedro Pascal distancing himself from Star Wars. Why? Oh, I don't know um he's just i mean he's just busy with other things he's doing actor things yeah there's there's been a weird tension there and it it i haven't seen anything that would explain why happened yeah it we got a boba fett (laughs) boba fett (laughs) um but yeah it's hard to know exactly why but there is he seems to not prefer it very much um as opposed to a lot of other stuff he's working on um so it this is always stuff like I'm so mad uh, non-disclosure agreements exist because I want to hear the goss. The I want tea. to hear the tea. The tea. And it's not, Spill it. It's not something that happens until 30 years from now when the NDAs expire. Do you, I feel like, so you know how uh, Tom Holland is Marvel's you can't tell him anything? Yeah. I feel like Iman as Fondi would be a similar kind of energy. That's the guy who plays Ezra yeah. in, in uh, Soka. I feel like he'd be very similar. Does he spoil I, stuff? I, no, I, no. He I just, just has a similar youthful I just energy. feel like he has all the tea. I don't know what it is about him. I just look at him like... It's behind he, those eyes. I'm like, he knows things. <laughs> um, here's a bit of news. This is like tangential, but uh, Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, is in one episode of Invincible Season 2, the the superhero television cartoon show. Um, just, I feel like I I don't watch season two. I'm not aware of like any Peter Cullen performances outside of Transformers. So it's just interesting that he's in something relevant like that. In, I just saw the other day, I think he's in the old TMNT animated movie or no animated show that came out around, around 2013. Cause there is a scene that has Peter Cullen, Frank Welker and Susan Blue, who all voice characters in Transformers prime. And they're all in the same scene. It's really funny um he yes so he did one episode of the original cartoon and three episodes of rise of the ninja turtles that's what it was in 2019 2020 anyways i thought that was funny because i saw the clip and one of my favorite comments on it was yes i guess i don't know it was one of some other i'm not i don't know tmnt but someone said bro consulted the transformers and that's just been pinging around my head for the past week because i it's just just, now this also says he was the uncredited voice of the predator in the famous Arnold Schwarzenegger Predator movie. Did you know this? No. Like it's not. There's not really much of a voice. Like there's. Feels like more of, of a words. Frank Welker thing. Yeah, really. But uh, that's what it says here. Anyways, Death. oh, he also uh, did ten episodes of the original My Little Pony. He was um, <laughs> <laughs> Captain Crab Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. I don't like that. <laughs> mm. um, he did nineteen episodes of Ducktales. Um, Woohoo. Yeah, hmm. he just kind of just did random stuff here and there. Never, never really anything consistent. You would Interesting. think. Oh, I don't know. He, he was... played this character called Optimus Prime. That's kind of consistent. 61 episodes of Chippendales. So he was a main <laughs> character on that. That's, so that's his so other many. thing that he did that ran, ran for a long time. That's so many. Yeah, that's a ton. What is Chippendales again? Is it the, the chipmunks? Yes. Well, it's the um, like it's Disney's chipmunks, not Alvin and the Chipmunks. It's like two. Yeah, chip... I've seen them. So which character would he have been? 
uh, Monterey Jack. Was he was not, like their mm. big, like, I think he was like a British voice. I've mm. never seen Chippendales, but they made a movie that was like a um, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit-esque mm-hmm. movie last year. If you haven't seen it, recommend. Very fun movie that's on Disney+. Plus. Um, I don't think Peter Cullen reprived the voice for that, but it's kind of just like a big, jolly, like comic relief character. Cute. <laughs> Excellent uh, commentary by our guest. <laughs> um, that was that was my one bit of news. Oh, what other news do you have? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I um, just found it just now. Entertainment Now talked with Taika Waititi about his upcoming Star Wars film. <laughs> this is which becoming is... a weekly thing of we get a little bit <laughs> of an update, which gives us no information about. I Taika guess, Waititi's and I Star guess Wars it movie. hasn't been axed yet. But he said, you know, at the moment, I'm still developing developing something with them my thing is i want to take my time with that and get it right i don't want to rush this movie and <laughs> the comments are a mix of good and <laughs> ugh. Uh, but he did good in mando and jojo rabbit so um so speaking of peter cullen the children and family emmy awards are going to honor him with an award honor Peter Cullen. Oh, Peter Cullen. Okay. <laughs> um, so they, he will receive a Lifetime Achievement Award on December 16th. Here's a headline. May the force be with Portland. Sexy Star Wars parody show comes to town. And how... here's the image. Um, it's like sexy stormtroopers here. Did you, oh. notice, did you notice how Cameron didn't even acknowledge what I said? Yes, I did. I'm sorry. I was reading. What he did you busy. say? I was talking about the Lifetime Achievement Award that Peter Cullen's going to get at the Kids and Family something. I didn't. Would that did that garner a, a response from I me? I didn't think there was we anything to say. I, I, I did I was hear that. Expecting a cool Cameron just <laughs> slid, slid right I, into hey, the sexy hey, star. All Wars the one word reactions. That's Allison's job today. <laughs> I she can she can handle that for me. He saw the photo of the stormtroopers. Oh, this and burlesque. Couldn't think about anything else. Too. This burlesque parody show is called The Empire Strips Back. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Anyways. Oh, look at their um, job of the hut. Like, this is, like, impressive that they made this, but also... I hate the way that looks. I guess they made it different enough so it can't be copyright infringing. So it's not technically Star Wars? Yeah, like, you can... Parody law technically covers a certain level of copyright infringement. Like, you are allowed to parody something to an extent, but it can't be an exact duplicate. And it has to be very obvious that it's a parody. Do parodies have to be making fun? Yeah. That, that's what a parody is by definition. That's so some sort of comedic version of it. they're trying to say that they violated the copyright, they have to prove mm-hmm. that they were making fun. Yeah, and it has to be like just different enough. And so if you had just an exact replica of Jabba the Hutt, it wouldn't be different enough. But because this one is clearly supposed to be Jabba the Hutt, but it's his face is different enough that it's not exactly the same that's funny to think about some judge trying to decide if this is <laughs> silly or ridiculous enough uh-huh, uh-huh well disney finally just cracked down on ai generators because people started Ooh. doing like pixar trends and it started generating the disney logo and i guess their lawyers finally went hey we can't we can't have that you can steal from every <laughs> other artist in the database but you can't steal from us um other bit of news uh so roger castle who is a very famous uh like old uh movie poster artist passed away um he's responsible for that um really really famous and iconic empire strikes back poster where it has han dipping leia Mm -hmm. um and so he he passed away recently which is pretty sad um 
but probably one of the most famous Empire Strikes Back posters. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's definitely an element of a bygone era, the hand-drawn movie posters. It's very sad that that's just not really a thing anymore because those were, were amazing. I think traditional media is probably what you're referencing. What do you mean? Like you can you, still they hand, weren't hand drawn. You can still hand drawn, hand draw digitally. Oh, oh, no. but I would say that movie posters aren't anything like that. Like they're all like poorly photoshopped. Oh yeah, they're all they're all yeah, photoshopped. They're all uh, pyramid heads. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that. Like I'm mad that like people are drawing digitally. Like I'm, no, oh, okay. the movie posters have very little artistry to them. Period. Yeah, by hand drawn, I'm just yeah. floating heads at this point. Exactly. Like yeah, I, I mean I there's lots of incredible art that is done on like a on a drawing tablet or something that is not what i was talking about i was talking about just like an actual person creating something for movie poster rather than what is typically done with movie posters is they photoshop a photo of the actor's head onto Mm -hmm. a model's body or a totally digitally created body Mm -hmm. one of the most famous being um Ready Player One, uh, the guy climbing up the ladder and his leg is like twice as long as it should be. I I think we need to get a reaction from Allison on this. Um, Leg is so long; it's almost AI generated before the AI. How did they manage to get that out there without someone noticing? Uh, You put people on a time crunch. Oh, Oh, this one's even worse. You just have to send it out. Mm -hmm. Oh, the tie-in novel one is even worse. (laughs) Okay, so here is the actual movie. Oh no, this is the same. Look, look how long his leg is. Oh my gosh. It's that, like the length of his body. That can't be just... <laughs> what? Oh man, that's good. I want that on my wall. Just to see if people notice. This is like, how long does it take a guest to notice how long his legs are? We should have a few other posters where something is just slightly off. <laughs> like the fifth time someone comes just over, they bit. say... What? Hmm. And they use that poster for the novelization as well, which is really <laughs> yeah, funny. Uh, what other news you got? Um, so found out that the villain Dryden Voss from the Solo movie yes. had a specially made character model for a super brief appearance in the Clone Wars Season 7 working under Maul. Oh, interesting. The Phantom Apprentice episode. And they episode. didn't use it? No, yep. It's kind of mm. like in Rebels, they made a whole... A model for director Krennic. Uh-huh. And then they, just, they use him. He's in the concept art book that I own. <laughs> and they used him for like 20 seconds in Bad Bat season two. It wouldn't Krennic. have been the same model. Oh. Oh, because there's a different art style. Yep. Right, right, right. I'm okay if they switch out of art styles. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so now this is a rumor, um, but it's from Twitter. So who knows? Um, so Transformers 1 that is hoping to come out in 2020 oh yes this is gonna get confusing it's an animated film called transformers one. Oh my gosh and then we have godzilla minus one <laughs> what <laughs> now we just need star wars zero and we'll have that whole range of uh, numbers solo oh well but that's, that's like one, one. exactly zero that, but no, solo is the closest means, though well, um, is there a plus one and a minus one wait, I can't believe we just skipped over a Rogue One joke. Ah, there it is. <laughs> anyways, um, so anyways, so it's supposed to be coming out. Is it next year? Um, minus uh, zero, Transformers, Transformers One is comes out next year. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is a rumor. Where there's a rumor we might have a returning actor who we really what who we don't love from the live action Excuse just because me? of the hand he was dealt. Guess. 
Um, voice I would, actor. I would guess the voice of Mirage from... No, it's not Pete Davidson. <laughs> okay. Um, Michael so, Bay. So... <laughs> no, it's not Michael Bay. I mean, it's like... from Michael he, Bay movies. Yeah, from the Michael Bay movies. He <laughs> um, was unfortunately in many of them, but not the first. Um, who's been in many of the Transformers films, but not the first one? A, a little person? <laughs> Look, Rachel went like this. She put her hand out like she was measuring someone's height. What is... I don't know what this gesture means. I have zero idea. What Transformers, like, this tall, like a foot? <laughs> the one, the boombox? Uh, <laughs> um, I have no idea. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, never, I've only okay, very so few anyways, Transformers. I don't, so, the actual so anyways, Transformers toys are anyways, not part of my life. Anyways, anyways, for the real Transformers fans in the chat. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's rumored that Tom Kenny is going to be coming back to voice Starscream in Transformers 1. He previously oh, played Starscream in Transformers Animated and is, I have to explain, um, Wheelie. Oh, so in, in, the, the in real life, he was, like in the scale to yeah. real life, yeah. he was in one the of the short life, little guys. Yeah. I see. <laughs> that was a terrible <laughs> clue. I knew what I was talking about. Anyways, Tom Kenny is voice of SpongeBob. Um, <laughs> and so they're gonna give him another crack at it that's great so but i actually hear people really actually liked him in uh in transformers animated yeah so he was he was wheelie and he was also one of the twins right oh he was both the twins wasn't he i can never remember <laughs> he was one or both regardless he's he's played multiple different transformers in the michael bay yeah. movies and they were the worst characters yeah uh, but he's a great voice actor. Exactly. And so. um, Alice and I have been watching Adventure Time, and he is the voice oh, yeah. of a lot of different characters in that, but specifically Ice King. And it is he's a Ice King. That's funny. Incredible performance. It's like because the character develops a lot over years, and he just he has such range. And I I would hope he would actually get given a good character for once. What? Hitting the boing boings. <laughs> what a ice, reference only ice king line i know um so one thing this is something i cannot believe we didn't catch this when we did our barbenheimer episode robert oppenheimer the father of the atomic bomb has a page on the transformers wiki of course he does just like jesus <laughs> because in the idw comic set in the baby wars Robert Oppenheimer was involved with um, uh, Nest, or no, Sector 7. Mm. Okay. So I would like to read his, <laughs> his short little page. <laughs> Julius Robert Oppenheimer was a key member of the team that helped reverse engineer NB1, NBE-1, which is Megatron, and apply what was learned to further American to further American scientific progress. In 1934, Oppenheimer's studies of Megatron allowed him to develop a magnetic blaster weapon that would scramble the brain circuits of any Cybertronian life form. It was successfully road tested in Sowers, Texas by Roy Thompson and Margaret Simmons. Oppenheimer was also involved with constructing the Sector 7 facility used to study Megatron in the Arctic, having designed an 
designed an automatic lockdown that would shut down the facility and hopefully trap Megatron if he began thawing, though he was instrumental in the U.S. winning World War II thanks to his hand in inventing the atomic bomb. Oppenheimer's socialist background led him to being accused of communism and disgraced by Bill Simmons and others. In 2003, portraits of Oppenheimer and other important people who worked with NBE Negative One's technology adorned the walls of Sector 7 headquarters in Richmond, Virginia. I can't believe they left that out of the movie this summer. <laughs> How could they? All right. Well, um, just FYI, uh, Allison will have to go after we talk about Andor. So, uh, very sad what story. Other news we got? Okay, I'll keep it brief. Um, unfortunately, Jedi Survivor is not a candidate for Game of the Year this year, which oh. sucks. Um, unfortunately, it is going against some real big candidates of Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And when you say it's not a candidate, do you mean... It's not like a top candidate. Okay, like... It is. It could technically qualify if enough people voted for it, but it has not made the finalists. Okay, so it's not. There's a there's a current list of finalists, mm-hmm. and it's not on there. No, I don't think they're even top five, which is unfortunate. Mm. Um, but because it's got some big ones, yeah, Baldur's steep competition. Gate, um, Diablo four. Um, so I got some texts from my mom about Aunt Ahsoka real quick that I just like to read through. Okay, I'm watching. Real, episode- sorry, real fast. Um, I actually got to play Jedi. Uh, survivor really um yeah we were we were visiting family this last week and i had a few minutes to play uh my soon-to-be brother-in-law's uh xbox and he, that was one he had i got to jump in and just play for a little bit and um so i only got to play for like 10 minutes but my favorite moment was i had quickly learned the power to like the force power to like, to, like Pull, pull in a bunch of people around you not just like a there's a there's a force pull to like pull one person towards mm-hmm. you or you can pull the, everything in your immediate vicinity and i saw a small patrol <laughs> of stormtroopers so i thought i know what to do and i jumped right down in the middle of them and did that power and then used my lightsaber and just like swung it around and it took all of them out and it was an incredible moment i was very happy with it cameron was having a great time overall i i really enjoyed my experience Everyone had really talked a lot about, they kept comparing the Jedi series, this new Jedi series, to Dark Souls, which made me assume, <laughs> which made me assume every enemy would would take a lot of, uh, would have a lot of health, would take a lot of attacks to kill, because um, Dark Souls is known for being really difficult. And that really put me off the game because the idea of having to like slash a stormtrooper many many times to kill them was sounded really really annoying and it's possible that the settings on this particular pro uh load game were set really low but the i don't care the ability to go through and just like slash through stormtroopers was really fun well there's a lot of improvements in combat controls Mm -hmm. over this game and also they introduced a whole lot more fast travel points Okay. Which is what, for me, really killed the last game was whenever you had to go back to a planet, you had to go through the whole thing oh, again, which kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I enjoyed it. Unfortunately, it's got some steep competition and it came out early mm-hmm. this year, which is just really rough when it comes to a sure. game. It came out two weeks before Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which is just yikes. I mean, I loved all, both of them, but it's rough. Um, so a few funny comments from my mom watching Ahsoka. I'm watching episode six of Ahsoka. Interesting stormtroopers which are the night troopers. And then immediately is Ezra under the gold mask. And I said, (laughs) no, Sabine just leaves. Um, when she left the tower, um, (laughs) I think my mom, my mom found it. Um, and found Balin choosing to bring Sabine as a prisoner. Interesting. Um, 
I didn't get too many uh, tweets about that. Oh, finished Ahsoka. Kind of anticlimactic ending, but Balin finding a stone head like this, like his, weird. Season two of Star Wars, and then, uh, n- no context. Season two of Star Wars Visions is better than season one, which I agree. Um, <laughs> so I guess my mom watched all, also watched season two. But so, so that I had a very long message about the statue and its meaning. So, all right, nice. Uh, any other news or, or updates or anything like that? That's all I got. Okay. Um, well, on to, well, I mean, very rudely, I didn't ask Allison. Allison, do you have any Star Wars or Transformers news you would like to share? I do not. Here's your favorite oh. Transformer. <laughs> Can you name more than three? <laughs> the one with the hips. <laughs> Which, what? In the movie we watched, the girl with the sexy oh, body. yeah, uh, RC, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I remember her really well. <laughs> Because she was so feminine. So I wouldn't necessarily say she's happens, my favorite. That's what happens when you keep character designs from the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> she's very memorable. Oh, real fast. That does remind me. Uh, last week, Rachel and I watched two Transformers fan movies on YouTube. And I just wanted to shout those out because we... I thought they were really good. I don't, Rachel, what yeah, do you think? Yeah, they were really good. Um, let me see if I can find their names real fast to recommend them. They are both... CGI animated, but they are still incorporate uh, incorporate a lot of the aesthetic of the original cartoons. It's very like eighties anime style. Yeah, like uh, but it's still but it's CGI, so it's very clean and smooth and has like nice lighting effects. Um, let's take a look here. Oh, also totally tangential, but I watched the trailer for the uh, Chris Pratt Garfield movie because you had mentioned it last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough, buddy. Look, <laughs> I know we did good in Mario. They don't. They know there's other people than Chris Pratt, right? <laughs> they could have gotten Bill Murray. You know, I guess that is relevant now because we talked about adding, like, animation is one of our I shared I do not interests. like the animation style of the new Garfield movie. But he's adorable as a little baby. Eh. He's so cute. But that, <laughs> oh, I mean, hot take. Is it the 3D? Because it, I mean. I don't know. It just, it looks like it's for little, little kids to mm. me and i don't it just looks weird i think it would just be better if it wasn't chris pratt mm. yeah it looks like just any other studio mm-hmm. animated film um i don't actually i'm not even sure who's even making it uh what studio is making it um it is produced by i wouldn't i sony pictures animation who on the one hand made the spider-verse films on the other hand made um the emoji movie so uh the new tmnt movie oh they did yeah that was sony that one's really good Mm -hmm. it's amazing really good um so wide range of quality there but the two uh transformers film animated films that we watched uh, short films on youtube rc a-r-c-e-e dream of daycon d-a-i-c-o-n um and transformers starscream ova film they're like five and six minutes each just a fun time if you want to admire some animation, see some unique Transformers action. Um, one is one is sillier for a reason. The RC one is kind of silly. The Transformers one is actually pretty good. Uh, it's Transformers one. <laughs> did I say Transformers? Yes. I meant to say Starscream. So I was looking there at the title. The Starscream one kind of digs a little bit into Starscream and his relation, like why he's kind so much of a jerk and a uh, little weasel man. It it gives him some humanity. <laughs> 
uh, because he is famously the right hand man. Do you know who else is a weasel man? Uh huh. Um, Garcia. So, um, but yeah, did you have any notes on that, Rachel? No. Okay. They gave RC a belly button. That makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, I did have a okay. note. It was so weird. Uh, Allison needs to see RC. Because it's just RC very like. animated. And I was like, oh. Mm. How do the Transformers create more Transformers? <laughs> you can't so just we lob a Lord grenade like that <laughs> so into we the... Don't, we don't have time to address <laughs> that tonight. It depends on your continuity. Mm-hmm. Okay. It depends on the continuity. Eggs? That's what that's what they did in like the Bay Formers. They're like in these weird little like sack thingies, almost like shark <laughs> eggs. That was weird. And then huh. they were never addressed again. Here you go, Allison. So this is this is the one you were talking about. Yes, this there is she her is. animated short film. Mm. And she's got a little divot um, in her navel. Oh. <laughs> so it looks like a belly button. Well, that <laughs> makes sense with the sexy theme. Uh huh. <laughs> um, we and... also watched an episode of season three from Transformers G1. Oh, yeah. That, and we don't have to spend too The long only thing to mention about that is that it was just uh, bad. And I made Cameron watch 22 <laughs> minutes of it so we could watch a G.I. Joe reference and, in the last 10 seconds. And it was entirely human villains. And the twist at the end was that the one of the bad guys turned out to also be Cobra from the G.I. <laughs> Joe movies, which much very much paralleled the G.I. Joe tease at the end of uh, Rise of the Beast from this last summer. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're going to go and talk about Andor now. Um, for those who don't know, Andor is the best is, show. Uh, 2022 yes. Disney Plus Star Wars show. Cassian Andor was introduced in the Rogue One television show. He's the, the male lead of the show. He's also one of the characters who carries the title Fulcrum. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah Rebel I Spice. forgot that. That's cool. And... Um, so he obviously, spoiler alert, dies in Rogue One, <laughs> uh, and so they decided to give a uh, make a prequel show about him. Best decision. And it's ultimately just a, another Rebels TV show. It's about another, as you as we see, I think what a lot of people take for granted is that the rebellion in the Star Wars universe is called Rebel Alliance, and newer Star Wars has really delved into the idea of it being an alliance. It, it's a large galaxy. There are lots of different cells of rebellion there are lots of different people rebelling in their own way a lot of them often don't agree they as far as the storyline has, has gone they are not really united until the death star in episode four it takes place in five bby which is five years before the battle of yavin mm-hmm, exactly which is which is what occurs do they in actually four. measure it that way bby before yeah. battle of yavin but yep. not in universe that's cool Oh, okay. that, that's a canonical thing. Hmm. They use that number in the time card in Rogue One, but in universe, they couldn't possibly. I thought I heard it. I thought I heard it one time. That Interesting. I mean, after, they could say after of Battle of Yavin, but like well, yes, in, after, but like any time before the Battle of Yavin, they wouldn't have had exactly that. when it was going to happen. Yeah. So there's not a lot of in the universe. years are just counting down, and we don't know why. <laughs> oh no! Time is a very very strange thing in it's Star Wars. Wibbly wobbly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Allison can finish that reference. Timey wimey stuff. <laughs> and nonetheless, uh, what's fun about the era between episode three and four is you get to see all the different kinds of rebellion occurring, and the and especially Andor's about the way people rebel in their own ways. And Andor is a character who hates the Empire, but is really self motivated. And but we know by the time you get to Rogue One, he is all about the, the the cause, all about the mission. He is 
like the guy like by the time you get to rogue one it is uh, the main character, Jen Urso, who has to be convinced during the rebellion, and he's the one who convinces her. He's the one who like inspires her in some ways. So we get to see his journey in Andor. It's going to be a two-season show, so we're halfway through with season one. And season one takes a lot of different twists and turns. Um, we're, we're, we're halfway through. Cause halfway through the show. We finished uh, season halfway one, through but the there whole will be show. two seasons. Exactly. Yes. Like With season one, we are halfway through this narrative. It is not complete yet um allison what would that i think we normally do like positives and negatives i think we'll have a lot to say with positives um uh, but let's start with some um maybe give me maybe alternating would be good one good thing one bad thing each of us is two each of a good and bad we each do two good and two bad i think it would be weird to start with the things we didn't like okay but it would also feel weird to end with the things we didn't like do i have anything i don't like <laughs> well allison start with something you did like what is something you liked about andor i really liked the prison Okay, so it that, so, sticks in my head, and I keep thinking about it. Yeah, a really unexpected twist in the show's plot. Would you say that he yeah. ends up in prison for a few episodes? And it's it's fascinating to me the way they control the prisoners mm. and how they're able to get so much productivity out of them, and the way they give them nice beds to sleep in. But also, it's really scary, and if they step on the floor at the wrong time, they're gonna die. It's just, <laughs> it's so clean. It just. Mm. Yeah. stays in my head and i think it stands out from the rest of star wars because we're used to the lived in universe and everything looking kind of grimy and like people have been using them and there are lots of poor people around and then the empire is all black and clean but this prison is white and clean mm-hmm. and it's very i don't know just stays with me and i yeah that's yeah. great i think one thing i didn't like so much was that sometimes it was hard for me to follow Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that was partially because I just got distracted and started <laughs> doing other things occasionally or if it was because the show was actually a little bit more confusing than other shows. But I did appreciate that it allowed the audience to deduce things and didn't infantilize its audience. Mm-hmm. We were allowed to be smart and figure things out instead of them just giving us everything. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I think potentially films more on more on average films might be more likely to like expect more of the audience but television shows especially because like traditionally television shows are week to week they don't really expect their audience to remember things between episodes so they television is often more often written to um reiterate information we talked about with the star wars clone wars animated movie it was clearly written like a tv show because they would reiterate information every 20 Mm -hmm. minutes but and or I think maybe you go into a TV show and you don't expect it to expect more of you. Yeah. So you, you engage with a TV show differently than you might a film. This movie is written more like a film and it is not just giving you all the information. So, yeah, it, it could be confusing, I think, because you're not expecting to have to tune in so closely. But, yeah, I, I liked what you said about the prison for sure. How about did you, did you have something to say about that, Rachel? You look like you had something to say. In general? Or... No, just you, it's something, it seemed like something I just said. You were going to reply no. to it, okay? Uh, what What did you like about the show? You want to you want to continue talking about Marva? Or do you have another thing to say? Uh, okay, so keep it brief. <laughs> I love the show. It is my favorite of the live actions. It blew everything else up out of the water for me. I, you know, I was as I've talked on the podcast, I've been, I was really excited for Ahsoka. Andor still holds a very special place in my heart, um, and there's a couple reasons for that. I think honestly, what a st- Dacked cast and mm. not like big names per se but good yes i think everything felt 
organic. Um, I like the characters. I believe are very memorable. Um, even Tim. Uh, we we don't really care for all that much. <laughs> and but... dies like two or three episodes in. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, I know he, I think he dies. In... The most basic guys give yeah. the most basic name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine being named Caleb. <laughs> that ties into Godzilla later. Tim. Was there a character named Tim? Yeah, Godzilla? the guy who said he's not scary and he just wants information. Oh. Has to put a bag on. Oh, oh good catch. yeah. Good catch. Um, <laughs> but I think there's just so much about Andor that I like. Um, I think it, it looks stunning. I And I think what really helped this was that the whole town on Ferrix is practical. Yeah. I, I would say... So they probably didn't build a hundred foot tall drum tower, <laughs> but they built like a two, three mile long stretch of city for that authenticity. And wow, it kills it every single time. I think we've kind of talked about this, how when, um, so the volume and uses in the Mandalorian has been pretty good, but I think we've also noticed, especially post COVID production, like a book of Boba Fett and in Kenobi, it makes if it's not done correctly, it makes things look very small. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really feel that going more practical, practical always looks great. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah, so it true. looks really good. It looks so good. I thought they built the entire buildings and all of the rooms instead of mostly just the fronts, though. And mm-hmm. I was asking who's who's living there now, if they donated the town so people could <laughs> live in the houses. <laughs> That's great. Um, I was going to say it was funny because I know you guys had been watching it and you invited me over um, <laughs> when I'd hang out. We weren't recording, but Cameron was like, hey, we're going to watch a little bit of Andor tonight. Do you want to come over? And I was like, a yeah, sure. Bit. We started with episode <laughs> nine and I sat down and I was like, you know, I would love to watch the finale with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we finish episode nine and episode nine ends with the infamous phase. You know, how many are there? Never more than 12. And you just, you can't uh-huh. stop. So then you watch 10. Uh-huh. And then we're like, oh, we're only two episodes away from the end. So you just watch the last arc, which was, I thought was really special to get to watch with you for the first time. So. What was the never more than 12 line again? I feel How it. many guards are on each floor? Oh, yeah. Pretty much. Andor, oh, my gosh. That was so good. Andor was trying to get <gasps> out of Kino how many guards there uh-huh. were so they could properly plan an escape. And mm-hmm. he wouldn't. Kino refused to to go on with their plan because he thought he was going to get out really soon. He was going to mess that up. Mm-hmm. And then the moment he finally realizes he's not getting out of there, mm-hmm. he's like 12, never more than 12. <sighs> Man, Andy Serkis. Amazing. Dude. Talking about a stacked cast. Andy Serkis. Amazing. Phenomenal as Kino. Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, yep. I have a figurine of Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> Should I get my little Andor toys out? <laughs> I think you showed them to me, but I don't know if Alice has seen them. But uh, for me, a positive is oh i had it now i've lost it um <laughs> allison just put her hand on me to help me remember um i'm not used to getting touched while we're podcasting brain <laughs> power new. unless it's athena <laughs> <laughs> i just um i really enjoyed dang it is totally gone okay i'll say my thing i didn't like real fast maybe that'll jog my memory something i didn't the show can be a slow really slow at times which mm. i appreciate the respect for like pacing to be differently paced. Um, I think that's something that we're constantly looking for in new star Wars is how does this set itself apart from some of the best movies ever made with, with especially the original star Wars films, how can this compete with that? And I think a show 
having its own tone, its own pace is a really good way to start that. It, it's a drawback at times, especially when you, when you get with the less interesting characters. But um, I think on this is now the second time I've watched it here this last month. Um, it does flow a lot better knowing where it goes. Mm-hmm. Like in retro, like the first time I saw it, those first few episodes really drag because we're spending a lot of time on not Andor's home planet that we have flashbacks to his his upbringing or not his like childhood, but between that and the uh, what is the name uh, the 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 village that he's from? Ferrex. Uh, Ferrex. Yes. Wait. No. 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 That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. Um, it feels like we spend a ton of time there, and then we leave. And the first time I saw it. It felt like a huge waste of time, but the mm-hmm. show comes back there at the mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. So rewatching the show, those first few episodes, while they are slow, I understand now they're they're really establishing the character of this city, the character of these people, the the community, the personality, so that when they come back here at the end of the mm-hmm. show, you really understand where this is, and they bring, they, and it's, it's just exciting because all of the characters end mm-hmm. up like almost every character mm-hmm. who has a name in the show ends up back, other than Mon Mothma, ends up on Ferrix at the end, and it's so good. Um, so, but it's, something I, go ahead. No, to continue. Something that is adjacent to that, that I do like a lot is that the show is willing to be super, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the word. It's just, uh, everyday life, but, um, uh, mundane. The show is, is willing yeah. to be mundane at times. We see some, we see cereal eating cereal. Um, we, we see people's lives. We see people hanging up their clothes after work. We see Mon Mothma interacting with her family and trying to keep, her family life together while trying to run a secret rebellion. We we have discussion of <laughs> I uh, wish like I had money. secret rebellion money. <laughs> we see parties. Nice. We see like travel. We see prison. We see like it. We see so many average things. And probably the most interesting choice of that is like the mundanity of evil. We get to see that the empire is still not big enough to control the whole galaxy. So we get to see the contracted security force that's controlling these outer lives so like if you're living on uh ferrix your your planet is so unimportant to the empire that you don't even have stormtroopers there you have crappy private security force party mall security like you don't even like your life is a little bit easier but it's like you don't even it's just so unimportant yeah you're just it don't matter makes you feel like how small these people feel so when they rebel it has even more weight almost mm-hmm. like and how could my rebellion mean that much yeah if they don't see me as anything important but then it does matter exactly and it's interesting to also you know cyril i think is definitely a high mark on this this show he's one of the security force uh, officers <laughs> and <laughs> what it does so like what kind of person is the private security for an evil evil empire or, or contracted security just like what no, continue, sorry. It's just, again, talking about how different this is from the rest of Star Wars. Like, it's such an interesting choice. Like, on its surface, that's a really boring, un- like, why would we want to watch a Star Wars that's so separated from everything that's central to Star Wars? But actually, it's what we want out of new Star Wars is how can we get away from Skywalkers, away from the end of the, you know, fate of the galaxy stuff, and see a different corner, just its own little corner of the universe. I really like the way Marva rebels. Because it seems so little and mm-hmm. so ridiculous, and it's not going to make a difference, but then it makes all the difference. And yeah, you were you were saying, you know, why, you know, what makes someone become, what makes Surreal become a third party security force mm-hmm. to um, to an empire? Ironically, 
one of the comments did I, this is a point that was touched on in Barbie kind of that people who don't know how to find their place look for it in places of power and try to adhere to that mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah not like uh, surreal is kenuff <laughs> I'd, I'd never want to be in a room with him but kind of like that same situation yeah absolutely yeah it is is definitely a show about a struggle for power like mm-hmm. everyone trying to either get away from power or gain power or fight for power or work their way up or you know you have inner uh the all the stuff in the um uh the spy agency um the ISB, ISB. The, the Imperial Spy Bureau, the, all of the like vying for power, people in, competing against each other, trying to one up each other. That's all super good as well. Mm-hmm. Love that stuff. There's a lot that happens in one show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like 12 episodes, was yes, it? Yes, 12 yeah. episodes. They, they get a lot done. Three, four episode arcs. I mm-hmm. thought they were spending forever on the planet where they were going to do the big robbery. Aldani. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt like the whole show was happening there. And then in retrospect, so much happened it feels Mm -hmm. like that's just a little part of it yeah allison how did you feel when they flew through the eye i thought it was scary and beautiful i was mostly just really frustrated because i figured the dude should have known to get out of the way of those extremely (laughs) heavy things as soon as possible before the ship took off i thought it was obvious i thought those are not tied down. You should know. And I was just mad because it seemed entirely avoidable. So I, I liked all the stuff that happened before then. But once we got there, I was just really upset. Love it. Um, do you have another favorite thing that happened in the show? A character or a moment or just an overall theme. <laughs> the lesbian couple. <laughs> when I realized that they were together. That was hot. Yeah, so that is, what are those characters' names? Cinta and Vel? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they're part of the the squad who's doing the heist. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, a, there's a line early on. Do you remember what the line was? of uh, oh she's already shared a blanket with someone yeah and they didn't specify who and i was guessing the entire time who she was with trying to watch (laughs) her interactions and i didn't catch it (laughs) and then they uh they stake out together the night before the Mm -hmm. the heist and then they share kind of a a moment there and then they both end up on ferrix after the hikes trying to find andor and what is cinta's line something like you only like see my, yourself in me or something like that i don't know cinta definitely see it to me they felt more like uh friends with benefits kind of thing the way mm. cinta reacted towards mm-hmm. her yeah um especially in the that last arc cinta like very the cause much, comes first yep yes yeah yeah like because that was something like, like that that yeah. was like look at me and cinta was like mm-hmm. okay it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was something like one of them said uh the cause is first, you get leftovers, or we get the leftovers, yeah. something like that. Very, The show is very much about what people sacrifice uh, for this cause. And that was that was one of those interesting conversations, for sure, yeah. Um, any, any final note on something you didn't like, Allison? I'm or maybe something that, something that confused you, something you felt mm, on... Well, I was really sad that the guy who was in the prison 
what's his name? The Kino. guy, Kino. I was sad that the reason he didn't make it was just because he couldn't swim. <laughs> because I thought his his sacrifice and his working with the group and trying so hard meant a lot. I I I, I thought it was kind of funny, but also I would have wanted a slightly more emotional ending mm-hmm. to his story because I felt like wow, he did all of this. It's so amazing and if he died fighting the guards or whatever i would have felt satisfied but it was just i can't swim <laughs> this was can't swim this is can't swim. this was a series we didn't really watch that much all together mm-hmm. um especially the last couple episodes i think you were out of oh, town quite yeah. a bit alice and i got engaged i was the- gonna sell that story <laughs> anyway no continue uh, <laughs> i had to tell that story but cats out of the bag uh, but no, she's, she's on the she's chair. On the chair. <laughs> I was I was gonna say I think because uh, I think the last couple episodes we watched. I think I write down the time code for that <laughs> time that audio spike. Got it. She woke up. Oh man. Just gonna turn down Rachel's mic <laughs> a little bit. Anyways, um, I was gonna say like I feel like that's that episode ten because we didn't watch we weren't together when we watched it because I was looking through our text for something yeah and um it it's such a gut punch and it's kind of like i think it's a reminder of like gosh you can do all the right things yeah and it can be the stupidest thing that... mm-hmm. and i mean i think that's also why kino was so hesitant because he knew mm-hmm. he's like i'm not gonna be able to swim three miles mm. so i think I think like, you know, the whole, you are, you are cheering with them one Mm -hmm. way out and then just can't swim. And it's like someone just gut punches you. At least it was for me. I was just like, oh my gosh. You can do way more than you thought possible, but some things you just can't Mm -hmm. pull out at the last minute. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So Rachel, uh, what's your, what's something you love about the show? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna talk about Fiona Shaw now, um, who played Marva, um, Fiona- Andor's adopted mother. Yes, um, Marva or Fiona Shaw also plays Aunt Petunia in Harry Potter. Okay. Um, or played she doesn't play her anymore. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I think I'm Barva. I'm <laughs> I'm biased towards Marva. I think because there's like a tiny part of her that reminded me of my own grandma. And so I was just kind of like, oh, um, but so I think, and you kind of touched on this a little, a few minutes ago, Cameron, and this is something I talked about last week, but I didn't get into too much. I think one of the things I really love about Andor is as much as I love Jedi, I love the force conflict. I think I loved this because it's people. It is normal people under the thumb of the empire there's no magic these are people living under the rule of a tyrannical government and they finally had enough and they Mm -hmm. stand up and i just and like i talked about this um last week the idea that the main theme in star wars is hope continuing to show Mm -hmm. in times of terror and tyranny um and I kind of related this a little bit. Um, I talked about it last week. 
I don't love Rise of Skywalker. Um, I think there are some things that could have been done better. Then I've also seen some things from the Duel of the Fate script. And I'm like, ooh. The original episode nine. Yeah, the original episode yeah. nine, Colin Trevorrow. Um, and my favorite scene from Rise of Skywalker is the end where the fleet shows up. And it's not a fleet, quote, it's just people. Mm. And that's what I really like about Andor. I think, like, you know something is building up, but uh, Marva's eulogy is so poignant and emotional. I can't imagine recording your own eulogy. Yeah. Like, truly, that is that is really crazy. Because, I mean, of course, death comes for us all at some mm-hmm. point to free us from this mortal coil. <laughs> but to stand there, to get dressed up mm-hmm. and do a speech, I don't know. I think there's probably something very sobering about that. But I think just listening to it, gosh, it really just inspires you to just go <laughs> kick down the the doors of a tyranny. I think it goes tyranny. way beyond the walls of just a piece of media mm-hmm. and into our hearts and our lives and it yeah. reminded me a lot like her eulogy and what happened afterwards mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of the scene in Les Mis where mm. they are about to mm-hmm. go into the battle mm-hmm. and they're choosing to stand up and mm-hmm. I feel like those things so much inspire us in our real lives and it it makes me feel like we are so much stronger than we think mm-hmm. and like sacrifice is worth it mm-hmm. because I think we spend a lot of our lives thinking about ourselves and we have to, where am I going to live? Where am I going to work? What am I going to do? And it really inspired me to think about the sacrifices for other people and how mm-hmm. your life really isn't that significant if you're able to do, like you don't have to keep living. And I think like you said, like that, because there's a really interesting parallel between Luthen's monologue and is it episode 11? Somewhere there. Episode 11. Um, and Martha and Marva's eulogy. Luthen's di- uh, monologue is all I. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got such an iconic line of, um, I burned my life for a sunrise I'll never see. Oh, cold. <laughs> Sick. But his whole thing talks about sacrifice and Marva's eulogy comes with regret. I think there's a tinge of regret, but in a way, the way she speaks, she's not talking about these are all the great things I did, Mm -hmm. but she's like, I didn't do enough. Yeah. And now it's your turn. I think one of the lines that sticks with me is, uh, when she says, I think she's like, have you been sleeping? I've been sleeping. And I, it sounds like you're just generally having a conversation with someone. Um, I just think, like, the whole time... And the music is beautiful. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the track is Eulogy. If you haven't taken a legander to it, take a listen to it. It's so good. It is really one of the best... It's it's the best track out of the show for me. Um, but as I talked about hyperspace jump track... There's the air of hope and despair, and they're intermingled, but it keeps building. And I think it's the similar feeling of when it's like one way out, but you are, and when I'm watching this, I get that same feeling I get during End of Rise of Skywalker and um, Rogue One and uh, Episode 5 of Ahsoka. Something is about to happen, and it plays with your emotions so well, and I just, it is the top scene for me. 
I think, I mean, I know we all, <laughs> we always talk about the scene, the end of her speech. They originally wanted her to say F the empire. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, which I, I don't know. I'm glad they didn't do that because I, I don't know, just me personally, I think fight the empire was just so succinct, mm-hmm. so simple, so beautiful. And it was action. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think if you were to say action. F the empire, it's, that's not immediately actionable. Surreal taking notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it could be, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, I was, I was saying surreal, surreal, <laughs> take, surreal taking notes. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the sexy stormtroopers. Uh, yeah, no. Um, but we even see Marva's speech. Sorry, I took over this section of the podcast. Um, we even see Marva's speech influences Luthen. Luthen is there to kill Andor because he's a loose thread. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene, and I didn't notice this on our first runaround mostly because I was like, oh my gosh! Anyways, there's a um, there's a scene where you can see Luthen pondering. Mm-hmm. He's pondering. He's got and a big after, pondering face. Yes, he's got, Stellan Skarsgård has mm-hmm. a really good, huh. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like at this scene, this is where he, I think he realizes that there is hope. And yes, there are bigger things going on around him, but his small impact still yeah. helps. Um, because the next time we see Cassian, he came to kill Cassian. He could have killed Cassian in mm-hmm. a ship. He didn't. Instead, he was weirdly like, or no, Cassian was like, kill me. And Luthen was like, ah, I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> anyways, long story short, Fiona Shaw, Fiona Shaw slayed, killed it, mm-hmm. delivered. Fun fact, Fiona Shaw. I knew I recognized her face. I'm just now figuring out why. She is in the Super Mario Brothers live action film from 1993. Oh, yeah. She played King Koopa's like henchwoman who was kind of in love with King Koopa and was uh, like jealous of of Princess. It's not Princess Peach. It's um, Daisy. Um, so, uh, one of the worst movies ever, but one of my favorite bad movies. So, that's the other movie <laughs> thing I don't know her from. I recognize um, her for some from something else, but I don't know what it is. Harry uh, no, maybe mean, from advertisements and things, but I never watched Harry Potter. She played the prime minister in Pixels, the Adam Sandler <laughs> video game movie Pixels. No. Another terrible, terrible movie. But that wasn't that was hey, not even she's good. Getting the bag. Um, she did a Jane Eyre movie, I think, in nineteen. I might have seen ninety six. Um, Anna Karenina Car- in ninety seven. Might have watched that. Um, there was another one I thought I recognized. My Left Foot is a famous movie, 1989. The Man Who Shot Christmas. What is it? Oh, <laughs> bang, bang, bang. The, the one got th- you Christmas. Bang, bang. I was going to say real quickly, you mentioned this. So, the day the finale for Antwerp came out was the day that Cameron and Allison got engaged. Um, so, obviously, we didn't watch it together. <laughs> And so I've, you know, you've just finished the finale of Andor, which leaves you so pumped. And you're like, oh my gosh. And I, I texted Cameron just, have you seen the finale of Andor? <laughs> I don't hear a response back, which is fine. I was like, it was just like on Reddit the whole time. I was like, I need to talk to someone about this. An hour later in our group chat, <laughs> they announced they just gotten engaged. <laughs> um, so there, I have a very funny meme. I'll have to post it, but I made it. There's a SpongeBob image mm-hmm. <laughs> where SpongeBob is at the Krusty Krab and he pops out of the through the wall behind Squidward. Uh huh. 
I think and, you you've posted it on our I? social media before. I must have, but I captioned Squidward as Cameron proposing to the love of his life, and then SpongeBob. Hey, have you seen the finale of Andor yet? <laughs> Uh, my final note I wanted to throw in was just that I like how sad this show is. Oh, it's, it's just so like good. one of my favorite like responses, the things that I say when I'm watching movies or television shows. I just like to say they're so sad, <laughs> like in a in a comedic voice. Like you have Andor clearly comes from a tribe of of indigenous people whose all their parents got wiped out by a quote unquote mining accident. accident. <laughs> Um, the Empire sent them to, uh, what, what was our joke when we did Bad Batch? They were, where were they s- sending everyone? Did you make a gulag joke? I feel like they were, we were like, there was like a farm or something everyone was getting sent to. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember oh, what it was. Oh my gosh, I feel like I remember what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, but, what um, the... <sighs> Anyways. They got, uh, sent, they got sent to a farm on Alderaan. Was that the joke? I think that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, you know, Andor's backstory... Marva choosing to like die quietly in her home. Um, B2 Emo. The name, Troy's name is Emo, and he's got a stutter. And his, he's so sad. He's very emotional. The, and the, and the uh, Imperial, whatever guy in charge, kicks him over. Yes. Uh-huh. And that's what started the fight. Uh huh. Uh, Mon Mothma's daughter is like. Ultra weirdly conservative, conservative yeah. when his mo- her mom is secretly leading the uh-huh. rebellion and well and that's the other thing mon mothma and perrin got married when they were children because that's the tradition on yeah, mon mothma's yep. in a loveless marriage and she's uh, like i don't want that for my and daughter she and has like, but her daughter wants it for herself yeah. her she has to in order to fund the rebellion she has to uh mm. promise to introduce her daughter to a potential suitor that she's not happy about um, but her daughter is happy. Yeah, I was about like, it. Yeah. Her daughter? <laughs> Kino, Kino can't swim. Um, what else? I feel like this uh, Luthen's whole thing of uh, sunrise that I'll never see. And um, the droid is so so sad. <laughs> and Sagarero, which makes me the most sad. <laughs> um, just like every character's life is so tragic. And the, the girl on the sheer her love gets killed. Um, he dies, and she she was in love with him. Who are you talking about? On the the place where he lived Ferrix. with on Ferrix. Oh, so oh. so Bitch. Andor yeah. has a ex girlfriend, mm-hmm. and her Bitch. boyfriend yes. gets mm-hmm. shot. Tim. Yeah, that felt less sad because oh, and he the betrayed torturing. him. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, is the, horribly the sad. Screams of dying children. Yeah, that we never hear, but we see that turns you her, insane. Reaction yeah. to it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think one of my other favorite scenes is when Cassian finds out his that Marva has passed away. Uh-huh. There's really not a lot of dialogue because he's with Melshi, who's in Rogue One, by the way. And Melshi's yeah. like, hey, everything good? And Cassian, through clenched teeth and fists <laughs> and tears. Yes. I think, I don't know, it's, it's another... The track during that is called Your Mother is Dead. So very... <laughs> that is what the track is called. But I think that is just... I don't know. There's not a lot of dialogue, but I feel like we can see it on Diego Luna's face mm-hmm. because the last time he left his mom, they'd gotten an argument. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, he told her he was going to come back and she's passed away. He's going through all this. He's been wrongfully imprisoned, which means he couldn't go back. Mm-hmm. And so just, it's so sad. Uh, the other two sad things, uh, 
Cyril, a character we do not like, but is like weirdly like he's such a sad sack because he gets fired, <laughs> and like like you know I think most characters have some redeeming qualities. He is like committed. He has strong principles. He's committed to his sense of justice. Yes, yeah, exactly. He's committed like, to Deidre. He's committed to all the wrong things. Uh, he's yeah. He's yeah, definitely cool. uh, uh, he's got incel vibes, but. He, he chases after what he thinks is the right thing and he gets fired for it uh-huh. and has to go back and live with his mother who's constantly like berating him <laughs> Gosh, like I like one so of the bad. most like terrifying characters in all of Star Wars is a five foot two Italian very Jewish Italian or Jewish coded mother who's just constantly berating her son and he's just like staring at a piece of cereal and it's <laughs> and the other sad thing was. <laughs> Was the guy's name Mouse or is that? I think that's Ma- Matrix. I'm, I'm thinking just thinking of. about was... staring at a piece of cereal. Uh huh. Who was the guy? The little guy who died. Um, uh, with the uh, in the little guy is in person with dwarfism, Cameron. No, he's just short. Oh, okay. He's just small. He he doesn't. He's not a little person. He uh he's the one who died on the uh dur- when they were heisting. Um, Mink or no? Oh, the guy with the manifesto thing. Yes. Yes. Rashi? The one who got smashed by all the money. No, not Rashi. Exactly. I'm trying to find his name. Um, and they didn't let him die in ne- peace. Ne- uh, Nemix. Nemix. They needed yeah, him. just like the one like wholesome character in the whole show. Like he's like, in retrospect, very obviously being set up to be killed. But um, I'm, I'm going to have to send it to you guys. But I found a TikTok edit of just all content from all over Star Wars set to... Uh, Nemec's manifesto reading. Mm. <laughs> nice. It's so. Don't laugh. It's a piece of art. <laughs> it's really good. It's very. I was like, oh, crap. It's TikTok edit. Oh, uh, it was really good. I'd like to see. Yeah. That. So just like the one like wholesome, like <laughs> idealistic character in the whole show gets crushed by a big like by ten tons of irony by uh, <laughs> by the thing they were trying to steal the to greed fund. of money. Uh huh. Um. So <laughs> that I think. It was different than the rest of Star Wars. A lot of Star Wars is like very dramatic and tragic, but you always kind of see it coming. And there's, it's very focused on just a few characters, but all the characters always come out good in the end. Like even mm-hmm. Vader gets redeemed, Kylo gets Except redeemed. For the team member who tried to betray them and just got shot. Well, I'm talking about in nor- oh. the rest of Star Wars. Oh, okay, in, yeah. in the movies, mm-hmm. everyone, all the good guys mm-hmm. end up with a good story at the end. Like very few good, like the prequels have a tragic ending, but like in the, the the span of all the stories, things turn out good in the end. But in Andor, in this show, man, like there's a lot of stuff in here that can't be reversed. Characters are dead. Things are bad. And you know he's going to die. Andor, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you so. think Nemec was one of the big inspirations for Andor? Or that's his name, right? His last he has name? a copy of his manifesto. Yeah, one of the big reasons he became so dedicated to the cause. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, meeting it's, it's Marva and him and mm-hmm. other influences too, but I feel like those are some of the biggest ones. Yeah. Yeah, good observation for sure. The other thing that's important, so you so you have watched Rebels. Yes. Um I don't I'm assuming you watched the finale of season one. I know you guys Yes. Went yeah, we saw season. we definitely saw all the I went back episodes. and watched all the other ones I hadn't seen. Also. Phenomenal. Queen behavior. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. Um so the episode where the rebels in season one blow up Tarkin's gunship. I don't remember specifically. More memory joggers, please. That that's it. They it's towards the end. They blow up Tarkin's gunship, like his ship. That happens the same year 
that the rebellion on Ferrix does. So well. the Empire was not having a very good time. It's <laughs> similarly as to how Kenobi and uh, Jedi Survivor happened in the same year. The hmm. Vader did not have a very good time. No matter how big and powerful you are, you you can always try to rule something that is bigger than you can handle. Isn't the Star Wars quote, there's always more of us? Or am I thinking of something else? Um, I'm not sure. It's like the difference between trying to rule a country and rule the entire mm-hmm. planet. <laughs> but in Star Wars, it's the Empire. Instead of trying to rule a planet, they're trying to rule all the planets. Yeah, really. Oh, yeah. It's from Rise of... Oh. It is literally what... Um, uh, Lando says to Poe when they show up in Rise of Skywalker. Oh, nice. There are always more of us. Um, so, just wanted to close out with where would you place Andor if you had to have a ranking, like a tier system for Star Wars? S tier being all time great, A tier being really good, B all the way down to F. Where would you put Andor in there for Star Wars? S stuff? is the top? S is S tier means like God tier, like all time great. What incredible. does the S stand for? Uh, I don't know. Superior? Hmm. Well, let's let's do a little Googling here. S tier, special, super, or the Japanese word exemplary. Hmm. Is shu, S-H-U, with a line say, above it. Like... Cool. So, uh... We should do the the rankings of Star Wars stuff. Like yeah. S, S3 F tiers. Yeah, hmm. we could do that. Um, where, would you, where do you think you would place that within Star Wars stuff? Like, does it, does it, like, sit at the top, very top for you? Like... Theoretically, like one could like do this and not put anything in S tier if you didn't really love. When I think about Star Wars. things that I really like in Star Wars, I think about other things first. So I think it's not on the very top for me, but I really, really like it. I just don't think of it first. Sure. Maybe because it's slightly less Star Warsy than other stuff. That's fair. So if I just think about shows that I like, it's near the top. Yeah. So it it's top for for so would you say that's more of an A than an S? Yeah. Or maybe a B. Yeah, but I can't really think of any Star Wars thing that I would rank as an S, so maybe That's it fair. is. Or that maybe doesn't... everything that I like the best is just an A. And you've also almost everything in Star Wars seen within the last year. Yeah, so I'm trying to remember it all, and yeah. it's a little bit hard to keep straight. Well, that's a good explanation, though. I like that. Um, what I think we know <laughs> it's a foregone conclusion at this point, but I would Double still like S. to see a quick explanation. <laughs> Rachel, where do you put it on there? S. Yeah. <laughs> what what else would go in your S tier just for, for relative uh for reference? Yeah. Just for context. Like what is what is it on par with this for Rachel for S tier Star Wars? Rebels. 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 Revenge of the Sith is probably up there too. Okay. Which one is that? The Episode three when Anakin becomes Darth Vader in the Clone Wars. There's too many. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going? That's amazing to watch as someone who's never seen Revenge of the Sith before. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'd have to do a full ranking, but I've sure. got. Some I was curious. There. Um, you know, it's really close for me. I'm. I do think it's an excellent show. I think it's an excellent piece of media. Um. And it's an excellent piece of Star Wars media, um, but I am also really love movies. I love how succinct movies can be. They can get to the point. They can tell their story and get out. TV shows, almost every TV show I ever watch has something that feels like filler, something that feels like it's just kind of padding out time, something that like I appreciate. Like I appreciate the show's pace, but there are times I get a little bored and feel like it could have been a little tighter. 
Um, and I think that potentially drops it down for me. Um, it is definitely the best of the shows so far. But and I and I I probably have more fun with the best parts of Rebels, but Rebels has a lot more episodes I would skip, whereas Andor I wouldn't skip an episode. I saw him skip them. <laughs> so um, <laughs> this has a better witness. Yes, <laughs> better average than Rebels, but I think. Um, the, the parts that, that are really good in Rebels, I enjoy more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I like the cast of characters in Rebels. Like, I, they're the, there are amazing characters in Andor, but there are characters I could I could drop and not you care about as much. You don't have as much time to get to know them, too. Mm-hmm. That's true. You don't become as connected to them and their stories mm-hmm. and relationships. But, like, I don't... If any of the characters in Rebels and Andor die, I don't particularly feel anything. But when characters die in Rebels, I really care. So that's hard for me yeah. to maybe uh, for the TV shows to the to really compare those, but it's it's very at very minimum it's definitely an A for sure. It is, it is. I like it more than a lot of the movies probably, but I don't think I would put it above the best movies like Empire Strikes Back and Last Jedi and New Hope for sure. Um, and but it's a really nice companion piece to Rogue One for sure. It makes Rogue One better, which. And the question of, is, is it a good prequel? I think it's an excellent prequel. I still don't remember his face from Rogue One. <laughs> well, he also is older now, playing yeah. the younger oh, version of yeah. him. <laughs> I have two Cassian Andor figures. <laughs> well, um, I think that's the end of our discussion uh, on Andor. Are Are you ready to, to peace out, Allison? Or do you want to talk about I wish about I didn't Monarch? have to. I, yeah. Well, hmm. And 20 more minutes okay okay cool let's speed run this there's not a ton to talk about with monarch this is just the beginning of the show um but so monarch uh, legacy of monsters um, i'm gonna quick just re quick uh plot. tim is the main character <laughs> no he's not. he's not yes um so we've got he has main character um, uh, a woman oh i think it uh, there's a bunch of Japanese names in this, and it kept auto-correcting them on me. So I apologize if I call someone the wrong name based off my notes. Um, so we've got our main character, I would say that's her name. Oh, her name is Kate. Okay. Kate Rhonda. Wait. Joe Tippett. Tim. So, oh, okay. Never, okay. So Kate Rhonda is a, uh, a Japanese-American woman. She's going to Japan um, in the year 2015. And we see her having flashbacks. She survived Godzilla's quote-unquote attack on San Francisco, if which is from the 2014 Godzilla film. Um, as we know, as audience members, that he was not actually attacking the city. He was trying to defeat some other monsters, but Godzilla doesn't really care much about uh, collateral damage. And he looks really scary. Yes. And so adorable. she was on the San Francisco bridge when he plowed right through it in the movie. You just have to and get to know him. She's a teacher. Oh, I didn't catch and that. So, uh, what? Yes. So, did I thought you guys she was just on a school scene? bus for no reason. No. So she was. So when they. Were, oh, oh my shoot, gosh. Dude. That's horrible. So, okay. 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 We'll, we'll get to that. We'll Those get to that. I just want to students? give a very broad okay. pop summary. Then we can talk about some specific points. Dang. So she's traveling to Japan. Her <laughs> father has gone missing, and presumed dead. He. She's gone to Japan to in a plane crash. Yes, we learn that later. But yeah. No record, um, and nobody. He. Um, she's gone to to settle some of his his affairs. She, she found some keys in his desk. She goes to the apartment, opens it, and there's another woman and her son who living there. It turns out her dad had another family. Two time in. <laughs> um, we're, we're, so we're cutting back and forth between this drama 
and um, uh, three people in the 1950s. Um, we've got uh, Lee Shaw, um, a, some sort of military officer played by Wyatt Russell, um, who you might know from things <laughs> such as uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He was U.S. agent, who's the evil Captain, Bad America. Captain America. Yeah, very memeable face. Uh, he was also really, really good in things like Overlord and uh, 22 Jump Street. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's so wow. I I, I, wow, we watched that years ago. This, this guy and the... Um, and we'll talk about it in a second. Uh, his older actor who plays him uh, is the reason I'm really excited for the show, other than the fact that it's tied to the Godzilla stuff. Um, and then he's also with a uh, married, or it's kind of jumping around in time, a soon to be married couple, um, Dr. Kiko Mora and um, uh, Bill Rhonda. So there's a lot of time stuff going on here, uh, but we later figure out that Dr. Kiko is. And and uh, Bill are their Kate is their grandchild, and, and so is um, and what we now see her, her half brother Kentaro, and um, so his their father is the son of Bill and Kiko, and then you would never figure it out from the show, but when Rachel looked it up, Bill is actually the younger version of John Goodman's character from Kong Skull Island, William Ronda, <laughs> um, and he is Which played. Is- sad because we know what happens to him yes um and he's played by anders holm who's most famous for the show workaholics um but he was also in films such as the intern game over man and how to be single game over man is game over <laughs> i think i know him from the intern i was wondering why i recognized uh, him yeah he's also in an episode of unbreakable kimmy schmidt and the mindy project and i know i feel like i've seen him in something else he's in an episode of brooklyn 99 um He's in the movie The Interview. Okay. Anyways. Um, and... Uh, was that Arrested Development that he was he in? He was in one episode of it. Um, and... So we're cutting back and forth. Okay, so then back in the in the modern day, 2015, um, Kate and her half-brother find a... Uh, okay. Chronologically, the show starts with John Goodman's character... Um, cutting into a scene that somehow happened within the events of the Kong Skull Island film. He has a big satchel full of something. He is like recording himself leaving behind a message and he just like yeets it into the ocean and then cuts to like 2012, 2013. It's found by some fishermen and then we later see that same package in um, Kate and I'm sorry, so many character names. Kate and Canaro's father's office who what is his Kentaro. name what happened to bill ronda between <laughs> yes 1950 was it 1959 yeah in 1970 something yeah. how, do, how does anders home if you look him what up happened tall to him? skinny guy somehow becomes old he john goodman between <laughs> twin son <burned. laughs> um there so uh kate and kentaro's dad his name is hiroshi um, Which he, I thought was funny because it is the beginning of Hiroshima. Oh, Hiroshi. So he's he's yeah. got um, this this package that uh, that Bill Ronda, sorry, yeah, Bill Ronda threw into the ocean on Skull Island. Bill Rando, seeming either he's connected to Monarch or mm-hmm. he's not, but he knows a lot about them. Yeah. So the name of the show Monarch is this organization that is tasked with like keeping track of all these monsters in in the world. 
and uh, they're they're very shield like shield from the the Marvel stuff. So that's the basic two premises. You have um, two half siblings trying to figure out what the heck their father is and how he's connected to this shady organization, and we're seeing their grandparents. Um, investigating monsters. I just in the know 1950s. the father is going to be in the show. I do not. Yeah, think he's, he's not dead, dead. at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, so notable first notable thing I have on my notes. Um, it starts with a rock crab versus a tree spider, uh, which is a <laughs> great start. I thought. Uh, very. Allison even commented. She's like, "Is this a movie or a show?" Like the yeah, it looked really good. Really good. Um, I also thought it was kind of funny that the first episode of this show features crab monsters on a beach site. That's also the first episode of Bad Bat Season 2 so had crab monsters. So oh, that was gosh. funny. Um, what was that crab character? Stanky Krabby? The oh. Uh, one guy <laughs> From earlier, um, it was uh, Peter Cullen's character in uh, uh, My Little Pony. Crab Ranko. <laughs> crab Rangoon. Oh. <laughs> um, Captain Crab Nasty. <laughs> yeah, that's what the crab's name was at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Captain Crab Nasty. Um, Allison, just give us some... For, so we've got over two episodes into the show. Any any notes? I personally think most of the acting is terrible, <laughs> but terrible in a funny way. Welcome to kaiju movies. <laughs> so I'm enjoying it. And if they did that on purpose, I'm not terribly mad about it because it makes it more fun for me because it's just the strongest performance it's so silly that they can't take themselves that seriously i feel (laughs) and so the fact that it doesn't seem like they are is kind of helping me to enjoy it because it's not (laughs) it's not like oh you tried so hard and failed it's like oh okay you maybe didn't try that hard on the acting um but i really like how good the monsters look they they mm-hmm. it seems very cinematic and interesting and epic and i was very drawn in and excited especially after knowing nothing about godzilla i was there i was i was in it and i can't wait to continue watching the show i think the characters are interesting i don't really know why i like it so much i just like, the monsters are so it's cool. It's okay to like it solely because of monsters. And I wanna, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I want them to solve the mystery and to figure out what's going on. And I don't know how that ship got out in the middle of the The ship, yeah, the ship's really <laughs> interesting. Well, it would seem like the big... Um, so, it would seem like it was a... It, I would assume it was a radio. So, okay, some context. We... With the two, the three characters in the past, they we cut with them in on them 1959. They all know each other. Two are married. They go and find a bunch of eggs um, in a uh, radioactive site, and then um, Kazakhstan. Yes, and then the woman gets eaten, and that's where it ends. And then it cuts back like six or seven Very years prior because Bill accidentally drops her. Well, she did was being weighed down by like well, hundreds yes, of those things. Yes, that's what I... I said accidentally <laughs> drops her. It's yeah. more than accidentally. But he has Accident- to carry that with him. Accidentally makes it sound like she, she, he just like gave up. It was... Like, even if somebody runs into you in a car accident, if your spouse dies, you're going to blame yourself. Probably like, I should have pressed the gas. I should have mm, done something. Probably why I aged so aggressively. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's what guilt. losing a hot Japanese wife does to a man. So sad. <laughs> I was going to say, she got physically eaten alive, but he had to emotionally be eaten alive <laughs> wait then he got eaten alive eventually yeah, yeah. yeah. what goes around comes it around maybe oh you know what? that guy really hated the monsters didn't he oh 
in Kong Skull Island. Right. He was really mean and because aggressive. Because they took his love away. Yeah. Very sad. Gives him some, some back And his ground. battle buddies. Yeah. And um, so it then cuts several years back. And it shows the three of them how they meet. And the first thing that they do together is they find this uh, battleship out in the middle of the woods in the Philippines. And I assume that it had nuclear arms on it. Mm-hmm. And that this... So in this universe, pretty much all the monsters feed off nuclear energy. And that, that's the cause of a lot of the problems. And that's why they've all resurfaced in the modern age. Is because we now have these nuclear sites around the Earth that they can feed on. And I would assume that, that this big... They called it a dragon... Um, grab the ship out of the water and, it looked put, and like a brought bat, it here. Maybe. Or a vampire. Would be my guess. Um, just, just to answer your question about how it got in the middle of the woods. But, um, so we were talking about the acting. Um, Allison, you're pretty much experiencing what it's like to watch just about any monster film. Is the acting <laughs> bad character work that is just enough to keep you engaged until there's another monster thing. <laughs> That's pretty much... But you start talking about mystery... From, uh, from my perspective right now, it doesn't seem like be much of a mystery for us, the audience, because we know monsters exist. We know who Monarch is. I'm, but I really do hope there is some. I want to know where their dad is. Yes, but like that has nothing to do with monsters, though. I'm hoping that they reveal some sort of interesting information that is actually worth investigating, because especially since it's set almost ten years ago. Um, I, I don't know if there's anything for us, the audience, to learn about. Because we already know about King Kong. We already know about Godzilla. I don't know anything. So well, it's all very exciting for me. But this, this well, show assumes it, you've seen those movies. It's going to have to get to the point because of the beginning of um, King of the Monsters. Uh, key members of Monarch are in a Senate hearing. Or a mm. hearing with the department. Like, I don't know. World Congress. I don't know. U.S. Department of Defense. And they have to answer for, you've had these things the whole time and you didn't <laughs> tell anyone. So I'm guessing it's probably leading up to Monarch having to step out hmm. and reveal themselves. Interesting. Because like, if the show ends with them being like, what is a giant monkey thing? What? Like, like that would not mm, be interesting. But if they, and obviously the, the, them bu- jumping back and forth between the two timelines also kind of makes it seem as though perhaps they'll figure out something like that. Like the characters in the past will figure out, oh, this thing's going to happen. And then the characters in the, mm-hmm. the present will be like, oh, crap, this thing is about to happen. Whatever oh. that thing is. Whether they find a big monster in, in the Earth. We do know if this is all end up being connected, there is a, in the same universe, another Kong versus Skull, uh, sorry, Kong versus Godzilla movie coming out next year. It could be whatever the threat in that film is, which the tease in the last Godzilla vs. King Kong movie was that there were other Kongs. Well, they've been releasing trailers, and they've shown some tidbits of what is presumed to be the new antagonist. Okay. And it's kind of like Kong, but it's not ex- really all okay. not like Kong. So that, that could be what they discover, is whatever the threat in that movie is, could be the thing that they discover at the end. They- Just... Based off of the information that we have. They think it's a kaiju who is a kaiju hunter. Ooh. Nice. Mm. Anyways. Back to the show. On Um, the mystery, I want to know what the intentions of the monarch people are. Because right now they're in Tokyo Mm -hmm. trying to manipulate this guy's children for information. They recognized Hiroshi. When they went into the apartment. Yeah. Tim, and he saw oh, yeah, that he went, yeah. oh, yeah. get the kids. 
So I want to know what all that connection is and if these guys, if Tim is really harmless or if he's very harmful. I want to see Dr. Sarazawa. Yeah. And who is that? Ken Watanabe. <laughs> but he's, he is alive at this point. Um, so he he's, is. He's from both of the Godzilla movies, but he dies in the second one. Let them fight. Um, that scene makes me cry. Every I have time a meme about King that. Mo- oh, oh. <laughs> me crying or King of the Monsters? No, about that scene from that movie. <laughs> um, a note I have just discussing things in this show. Um, there was a good joke. Uh, whenever Kate gets to Japan, <laughs> she's in a taxi ride and they're talking <laughs> oh, yeah. about people. Uh, he he mentions, "Are you in the, uh, the the monster prevention business?" And she's like, uh, "No, why?" And he's like, "Well, it's big, big profit or big money." And he's like, "She's like someone always finds a way to profit off of someone's tragedy." And he says, "More tragedy than or more profit than tragedy." And she's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "San Francisco was a hoax." <laughs> she's like, "Oh, what a revelation!" He's like, "I have a podcast." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "They did it with CGI." <laughs> Um, uh, any, do you have any other notes, Rachel, anything that stuck out to you about oh, this episode? We were, she, oh, she was a which teacher. Ep- like the one or two. Talking about either episode. Does anything from either episode? Well, we learned, so obviously she was in San Francisco cause we see her on the bridge yes, and yes. then they reveal that. So one of the things that they evacuated people out of San Francisco on the bridge before Godzilla walked through it, <laughs> um, he probably would have left it alone if they hadn't shot at him. I yeah. actually think he might've, he might've nicked it. But I think he, he he was on his way. He was he had bigger things to do. Um, <laughs> but so we see that at least this is the impression I got. She's a teacher on a school bus evacuating her kids, or maybe a nurse because that's what they, they mm-hmm. put kids on a bus. I think she was a teacher. She's dressed like a teacher, and the bridge <laughs> the bridge breaks right in front of them. The bus is dangling half off at the bridge. Um, and the bus driver gets knocked out. You know, if I had to, if I had to go, I'd knock me out. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, and or he, shoot you. That's what you said when they were me. trying to save the oh, doctor yeah. who had all the bugs on. You said, Oh yeah, me. I did say that. I forgot. I was like, just Rachel put me does me. not want to be a hero in any of these situations. She just wants <laughs> no. to be done. <laughs> no, like send me. Send I'll me remember that up. if the bug monsters are about to send eat me, you, I'm just gonna pow. Send me on express shipping to Jesus. Um, same day. Anyways. <laughs> Um, but so he knocks the bus driver out and I don't know they can't get off the front of the bus because it's over the San Francisco San, San Francisco San Francisco San, Bay yes that um, and so she runs to the back of the emergency door and she is actually kind of thrown out yeah. um, so she gets up and she starts yelling at the kid she helps, I think, about three students down mm-hmm. and the bridge uh, shakes or collapses further and sends this bus of probably like th- 20 kids <laughs> down into the bay. It's very shocking. And, and because it's like, okay, we watched the lady get eaten alive by bugs, whatever. It's a monster movie. I think it's just always, I don't want to say it's, I don't want to use the word special. But sometimes it's unique. it's unique. Shows yeah. will shy away from harming children because it ups their rating, like their maturity rating. Yeah, but it was yeah. just really because we don't we kind of see it in 2014. We're like, oh, that sucks to be those people in the um, 
show. I don't think we actually see any buses fall. I think they stayed away from that, at least on screen. It was just really jarring because you don't see it fall sideways. You see it from the point of view of someone looking down into what a bus of... Mm-hmm. would look like falling in the bay and it was just like <gasps> holy <laughs> crap um i want to know if um uh their grandma is any in any way connected to um mothra i wonder if she's okay. got a twin sister out there somewhere mm-hmm. because that's one of mm-hmm. that's one of the lores the deep lore yeah do you want to kind of explain that yes so um it's been not this last summer the summer before i watched like 18 godzilla films on hbo max um after the fifth one or so it's just the same movies cut and put together differently (laughs) um (laughs) mothra is uh known as queen of the monsters depending on which iteration she is either um friends with godzilla or they hate each other's guts um, but so anyways, Mothra comes from kind of like a magical island in Mothra. Um, she's very benevolent. Hmm. Um, worshipped, very benevolent. She is re... She's not immortal, but she she kind of like knows when she'll die. So she lays an egg that will have her memories. There's kind of like a reincarnation thing going on. Is she humanoid or is she a monster? Oh, she's a big old moth. She's oh. a big... <laughs> oh! <laughs> like Godzilla-sized wow. moth. Like, okay. <laughs> Let me show you a photo. You'll love this. Um, she she's so pretty in legendary stuff. Honestly, she's larva. <laughs> so this is what classic Mothra looks like. <laughs> wow, wow. Larva. This is what like newer Mothra looks. Oh like. Oh my. Um. So, so she. Wow. She. I. I love her. She's clean. I think she's got nice. one of the best themes. Anyway, but classic Mothra is very silly looking. That's. Um, I like the fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> L- larva larva mothra is horrifying <laughs> um but so basically she comes from an island where here's lava marth- mothra um <laughs> just giant larva she looks like clay like yeah. a slug she's a but so anyways she comes from an island that we're kind of like a magic island where she's worshipped and um there's a recurring theme where like her two closest servants are two like barbie sized women but there's twin. They're twins, and so I think it's That's actually weird to in think some about. of some of the other. They're they're almost like you know in Egyptian mythos, they're the gods and they're the like Bashti. I think they're called Bashtis. Oh, they're like little yeah. little serve. I they're I um, could totally be wrong on the name, but they're little servants. It's it's similar to that, like statues. Yes, yes. It it's almost like maybe similar to that. That can go and fetch things. Yes, and do sim- stuff similar to that. Um, but so they're twins. These mm-hmm. ladies are twins. And so that is kind of where that comes from, that Mothra has always been connected to identical twin women. So mm-hmm. I am curious if Grandma Ron- uh, Rhonda has a twin out there somewhere and she is somehow connected to um, Mothra. I'm not sure. We see it in King... <sighs> Do you guys remember when you thought that the last name was Rando? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, I don't I don't want to spoil King of the Monsters for mm. you. Oh, yeah. Um, I would like to see it. But so there, there's some more lore based on that. Just a tidbit. Enough Spoiler that... alert, Godzilla's the King of Monsters. <laughs> well, enough that I noticed it, because I watched these on VHS growing up. We had them on VHS. Enough that I noticed in the theater, and I did the, I was like, in Leonardo DiCaprio, like, hup, hup, hup. I get that reference. <laughs> um, anyways, anyways, that's, that's my theory. Um, we actually thought that Billy Rondo was John Goodman's character's brother. Yeah, yeah. and then I looked it up and I was like, oh, we're wrong. <laughs> um, 
So a quick fun fact, these first two episodes are directed by Matt Shackman, who directed 43 episodes of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Wow. All of WandaVision. Oh. And is going to be wow. directing the next Fantastic Four movie. Oh. Huh. That Pedro Pascal is supposedly in. Supposedly, yes. <laughs> Along with every other uh, every other famous male actor is Reed Richards. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the show was created by two writers, Chris Black and Matt Fraction. Chris Bra- uh, Black created some some really good TV shows. He, he helped create the Apple TV show Severance, which I highly mm. recommend. Uh, he also wrote on um, Invincible, the cartoon. Um, good one. And then, I guess that's, that's the only two that I know about. Matt Fraction is a comic book writer. He hasn't worked very much in media. He, like, helped write video games based off early Marvel movies. Um, but he has just written on comic books for a very long time. He's a very famous comic book writer. Um, so we have an interesting combination of directors and, and writers uh, working on this show for sure. Um, and, yeah, we didn't mention, not super important, but it is on Apple TV. Um which a lot of people don't have. But if you do have it, um, we're having a fun time watching it. Um, the one thing that that was kind of funny to me, it being an Apple TV show, was there was one shot that was like totally sideways. Oh. And I, I made the joke, I think this show's meant to be watched on your phone so you can quickly turn it <laughs> sideways to see these vertical shots. Sorry, let me just go pick up my TV and shift it for <laughs> two seconds. Um, my, yeah, go ahead. So I need to step out, but okay. I wanted to mention something before I leave. Is that with her being on the school bus, I really did not connect the fact that she was on the school bus with anything specific. I just thought, <laughs> why is she standing up and doing something? Yeah, is adults are not normally on school the buses. Hero? If not I drivers. thought she was just on a regular bus and she decided <laughs> to get up and be the hero and try to save people. And I saw later that it was a yellow bus and that she was helping kids out, but it still did not process. I thought... She just decided to be a good Samaritan on a random public transport <laughs> and like run to the back and help people get out. And so I was very shocked when Rachel mentioned that it was a school bus and that maybe she was a teacher. I'm about 80% sure she was a teacher. And that means something more if not because connected them in some way. She has these intense flashbacks and she has a lot of trauma from this event. And it would make more sense if they were her students instead mm-hmm. of just her being on a bus full of adult strangers. I think anyone would probably have some degree of trauma Absolutely. watching a bus full of children fall off a bridge. <laughs> but I think especially so yeah, if you are their teacher. Well, thank you so much for coming on the You're pod, welcome. Allison. It was lovely to have you. I had a lot of you. fun. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. We woke Athena up and she freaked out. (laughs) You're supposed to be awake and listening to the pod. We like uh, woke her up. We were. Uh, Oh, um, at one point in the show, uh, whenever we first meet Bill in the past, he uh, (laughs) he says he's a cryptozoologist, (laughs) um, and. I think it was at that point. At some point when we were watching the show, Rachel goes, I've got a cryptid in my house. And you pointed to Athena. <laughs> I said, the black shadow. What you call the furry shadow. Um, I only had one more note about Monarch. Um, these first two episodes was just that it, the second episode concludes with one of my favorite elements of the show. Something I was super excited going in. And I think an actor that gives the show a much needed shot of energy, older Lee, so in the past, he's played by Wyatt Russell. In the present day, he's played by that actor's 
actual father, Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, you have the same character being displayed at two different timelines, played by two different actors, but they're related. I love Kurt Russell so much. If you don't, you should know that name. Uh, famous for, I mean, more recently, he was Eagle the Living Planet in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, he is the dad in um, Sky High. Uh, he's the main character in the original Tron um he he's just one of those like he's been around forever he was a he was a child actor for disney um when he was when he was a kid uh other famous movies oh he's phenomenal in leonardo not um in um quentin tarantino's the hateful eight um and he's also in tarantino's film after that which is uh one time upon a time in hollywood uh what's that allison i said the hateful seven (laughs) Oh, so after the Hateful Eight, he made the Hateful Seven. <laughs> um, Kurt Russell also in The Thing, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, movie. He plays a terrible character in the more recent Fast and Furious movies. He plays Santa Claus in the Netflix films, The Christmas Chronicles. Um, I just feel like everyone knows, has seen him at some point. Um, I feel like there's one, uh, the, the hockey movie Miracle. Big Trouble in Little Chinatown, he's really great in. Just, a, he's phenomenal in schlocky movies and b-list movies and movies that are like playing with genre he's so perfect for a godzilla thing and i think he's gonna really carry the show the rest of the way hopefully um what what other thoughts do you have term tombstones another famous movies from uh forest uh i don't know why i said force i'm looking at forrest gump he's the voice of elvis and forrest gump <laughs> i would like to see godzilla and mothra Yes, we got to see Godzilla quite a bit um, in flashback form. I'm just saying, if they hadn't fired at him, he probably just would have swam underneath. (laughs) He would have dipped. um, We've gotten to see some original monsters, which I think is a big element that I like of... I think both of us agree that we really like, because it's very silly and fun, the Godzilla King of Monsters film, because it has lots of monsters in it. twice in theaters. Um, Also, Kong Skull Island, the best movie in this series, in my opinion. We've seen the spider before in Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Um, But the rock crab, I believe, is new. Rock crab rules. Dr. McCrabby, what was his name? Um, (laughs) We can't keep looking it up, Cameron. You're going to have to remember it. Um, The rock crab, I believe, is new. Um, The bat thing at the end of... don't remember what it's called. The captions just called it Dragon, so it probably doesn't have a name. Captain yet. Crab Nasty. But so <laughs> that's a new one, and I think that'll be really nice. I think as much as I love Godzilla, expanding on the kaiju is never a bad idea. It's always done so yeah, well. So I fun. mean, I think one of the best, one of the coolest scenes in King of the Monsters is when the kaiju show up, and there's just there's just random kaiju that you've never seen before. Uh-huh. We see Scylla, who's the squid-looking thing. We see another. Mudo. Prime Muto, mm-hmm. and we're like, whoa, which is a monster of unidentified terrestrial uh, origin. Terrestrial origin. Mm-hmm. Um, Rodan, of course. Uh, we see uh, a giant uh, woolly mammoth. That uh, I can't. Is that Leviathan? Um, no, I think. Anyways, anyway, they're all called Titans in universe. Yeah, but they have like names. No, I'm saying is like overall, like. Yeah. We're probably going to use that that word going but, forward. Yes. So I wanted to specify in universe, they refer to all the monsters as titans. Yes, but they do have names. Yes, I know. But so, yes, one of the coolest, it's a panning shot. And you're like, where'd these guys come from? All right. All 17, their names, Godzilla, 
Mudos, uh, King Kong, Mudo Prime, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Rodan, Methuselah. Methuselah Sis- is the uh, um, the elephant, wooly mammoth looking yes. one, I believe. So, um, uh, Sela. That's the squid looking one, which is Behemoth. That Behemoth is the uh, woolly mammoth. Ah, uh, okay. Methuselah. Methuselah is the big one that rose out of the hill. Yes. Which uh, I, he did not make it to the to the uh, to the gathering. Abandon. Abaddon. Abaddon. Yeah. A A B A D D O N. He's not. You don't even see him. He's just like listed. It looks like. Yeah, I think there were. Quite is named a few after cut. the angel of the bottomless pit who leads the army of demonic locusts in the Christian Bible's Book of Revelations. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's a Leviathan out there somewhere. Um. Yeah, so he's not as as heavily uh, used. Uh, Amhuluk, A M H U L U K. Amhuluk. Baphomet. Baphomet. B- Baphomet. Um, what are you looking at? I just Google searched. I can send you the link if that's easier. Yeah. Uh, Actually, you should tell me so I don't open up the message and see the meme you accidentally sent me. No, I I accidentally um, tried to airdrop it to you, so it won't be there. Um, Bunyip. Uh, Wikizilla, that's so cute. Nakika, Leviathan, Margiger, 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 Kiner, Kelly Mbembe. Um, that's basically like a that that is like kind of like a dinosaur in the Congo. Um, Quetzalcoatl. You should know what a Quetzalcoatl is. Uh, um, not. I'm not particularly familiar. It basically name of a. Aztec god, I believe. It's like a big old bird. Look at the um, photo that they have for this thing. It's like an, a really cheap anime. Uh, that's... I think that's... That, oh, that's from Kong the Animated Series. There's a, uh, skull, nice. there's a Skull Island Animated Series that's going on right now. I think oh, oh. It's on Amazon or Netflix, but I think it's got some people that worked on Invincible. There's Sekhmet, Tiamat, Typhon, Yamada no Orochi, Kamazot, uh, Doug. Doug! Doug is uh, the name... <laughs> He's from uh, King. He's from Godzilla versus Kong. He's one of the little crabby boys. Oh my god! That's just the name they gave him. They think he is an offshoot of uh, the Godzilla evolutionary train. He just hasn't gotten up there. That's great. I love that. So he's pretty much like you. And within evolution theory, he is to Godzilla as like apes are to mm-hmm. humans. That's oh, hilarious. I think the crab that we saw might be called trapdoor crab. Um, because the show has introduced quite a bit. Anyways, um, oh, <laughs> the spiders in, uh, Kong Skull Island, they're called Mother Long Legs. <laughs> Love it. So. I like, I like the commentary from, from Rachel, from Allison all the way over there. <laughs> so I knew there was a weird name for him, but. Okay, well, that was a much unnecessary long list, but it was giving you an idea of all, all the different monsters that exist in this world, hoping to see more coming forward. Um, any other final thoughts on this first two episodes? That's all I got. Okay, well, you've waited two weeks for it, but here we are. Uh, meme minute, but it's much longer than a minute. Meme 
Is it linger than a parsecet? Parsecet. Is it leader than a parsec? Is it what? Longer. You said linger. Linger. You said linger. We definitely linger, linger on he, this segment. He said. Any mistake I make, Rachel forces us to linger on. Uh, is it longer than a astrosecond? Is it longer than... Is it longer than this intro? Uh, than a... Than what would be a Godzilla equivalent? Uh, than a Titan? Kaiju Titan sec. life? <laughs> than the lifespan <laughs> of a Titan? Longer than... Uh, Godzilla's kilometers per second speedy. I is don't there know. is there like a term? Is there like a, a fan a fandom term for like the human portions of a kaiju movie? Too much. <laughs> like well, however long those tend to be. Too much. <laughs> the human parts. Longer than a human part. It's like a Transformers uh, film. There's too much. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick Google search to see. I would not be surprised. Let's see if I find something here. Oh, one last joke I had. Uh, whenever we learned that uh, Kate's dad had um, two families, I went, ah, yes, the real monster. A man <laughs> yes, with two secret families. <laughs> Truly. this I felt so bad the way she was treating them. Uh -huh. Like, there's a part of me that gets it, but it's also kind of like, girl, obviously they didn't know. <laughs> Chill out with the weird, um, vague comment she would make she'd just be like i don't know what is and it's like girl be reasonable the closest i can find here is human subplot <laughs> is it longer than a human subplot minute those are long those minutes can get long in godzilla yeah. movies um so um as a reminder every week we share memes and we each make a meme secretly and then we will guess which meme the other one made at the end how many you got um i that question scares me. I have 10 memes. I have seven. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, well, go ahead and share a meme. All right. I'm going to send the video that I sent you earlier because I send you things on Twitter that you never look at. Um, <laughs> I forget to check Twitter. Anyways. So it's okay. You just miss out on some really good things that I send you, and then it's like four weeks later and you respond. <laughs> um, so... Give me just a second. I saw I sent you a video today, but it's okay if you didn't look at it. Um, actually, the first thing I wanted to saw, it's not quite a meme, but it says, these two interacting with one another wouldn't last very long, but it would be the funniest conversation in all of Star Wars. And it's a picture of Darth Vader and Cyril from Andor. <laughs> and I sent it to you with what I thought was a very funny caption, the two biggest simps in Star Wars. <laughs> very good. I like it. Anyways, like it. someone else said... I don't care what anyone says about Ridley Scott. This seems historically accurate to me. And this is from uh, his new movie, Napoleon. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know what I'm about to show you? No, I just, I just, like, I can see potentially where this meme is going. So they're firing at... Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a phenomenal edit. So good. So it's a scene from this new Napoleon film where they're firing cannons at the uh, the pyramids, but they've cut in footage of different Transformers getting hit while they were fighting on the pyramids in Revenge of the Fallen. Top comment. Really funny. The most shocking thing is that the Transformer movie has a better color grading. <laughs> uh. Okay, well, I've got a good mix of Star Wars and Godzilla memes this week, so let's start with this one. It says, fellas, if your girl 
has social anxiety, is always evolving into higher life forms, and is in constant pain. That's not your girl. That's Shin Godzilla. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, shinny boy. Uh, quickly to explain for our fans. I think we've, we've briefly mentioned it before, but Shin Godzilla was the 2016 mm-hmm. Japanese Godzilla film that took a lot of liberties with what Godzilla could be. Mm-hmm. And it's a fairly standard Godzilla film. Godzilla comes out of the water and, and attacks Japan, but he evolved. He starts he off... As a smaller creature, evolving. and he evolves very quickly, and he's way more powerful than most Godzillas you've ever seen. His blood is constantly boiling, so he's in agony. He's a it, much darker Godzilla. Yes. That, that movie is a lot. He's, the tone is a lot darker. He's very mindless. Like there is yeah. honestly, like not to per, not to person person personify. Yes, personify Shin Godzilla, but very much all of his reactions are not malevolent. They are survival and evolutionary based Mm, yeah Um, anyways actually one of the ones i first watched and i was like and you know there's a lot of like human subplot going on but it was actually one that we watched together and there's a very particular scene probably around two-thirds of the way through that is actually jaw-dropping and almost scary which is when he starts spitting out the smoke Uh uh-huh uh-huh and and then it and ignites he lights it. all of downtown Tokyo within like a couple square miles because then it just gets worse. It uh, just gets so much worse from there. And the music yeah. is very swelling, but it's a moment where you're kind of like, Oh, this is like actually kind of, that's kind of, kind of spooky. And so there's a point to, as Godzilla is, uh, is evolving in that film. I've got another meme. I'm setting it up, uh, where he, his legs evolve, but his arms don't. And so he's just like <laughs> wiggling away on his on his belly through the city. And it's yep. terrifying. And he has also like no eyelids. So his They're eyes... fish eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he's got like really, really stimpy arms. But eventually he evolves into like one of the like most muscular buff Godzilla's you've ever seen. Dude never skips leg day. <laughs> and so this, they've put these two different versions on that scene from SpongeBob with the anchor arms. And he's like, I was a wimp before anchor arms. And now I'm a jerk and everybody loves me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did you make that one? I'm not going to tell you which one I made, Rachel. <laughs> if you want to lock in your guess now, I'll give you two points if it's right. Mm, no. <laughs> um, what else you got? When the Jedi Council asks what happens, what happened to Pong Krell? <laughs> no, I've never seen that episode. So you're gonna have to explain oh, that. Man. I, so I know who Pong Krell is, but it's the Umbara arc um, where Anakin is on Umbara with the 501st, and I think one of the other clone battalions is there too. And there's another Jedi called Pong Krell. Um, and Pong Krell's kind of a jerk. <laughs> and basically, like, he does not see clones as anywhere near human. They, he's mm. like, these are, this is equipment to me. And so, actually, he's actually pretty awful to him. But basically, his whole thing was that the clones are not to be trusted because they outnumber us so severely. Hypothetically, was he right? Yes. But he was, but he actually, I think if I remember correctly, he gave them wrong intel so that the 501st and the other battalion ended up firing at each other. Mm. So they ended up doing a mutiny and one of the clones actually just like executes him. <laughs> anyways, anyways, so it's like, it's, uh, is it, it's, I think it's a Troy Bolton. It's a, um, who played, who's 
Zac Efron. It's a Zac Efron meme where he's doing all the shrugging and oh, smiling, yeah, uh-huh. and it's all it's the various clones for the photo. First, like I don't know. <laughs> Uh, this meme, it just says, now this is pod racing. And it has all the pod racers, but they've been replaced with uh, AirPods, oh coffee pods, gosh. pod storage units, uh, iPods, a pod of corn, uh, Tide Pods. Those are peas, Cameron. What'd I say? Corn. Oh, whoa. I did not mean that. Uh, I don't know what these other things are, but you get the joke. Can I see it? Those three in the corner, I have no idea what those are. I have no idea. There's like two guys, and my guess this kind of looks like something like jewels or like s- vaping. Oh, maybe, maybe jewel pods. Oh, jewel pods. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Um, but yeah, so good pun. I thought I appreciate puns. What else you got? I am not a cocoa melon parent. <laughs> you going to sit down and watch? <laughs> the title card from Transformers Animated. <laughs> Um, there's a tweet here and they've taken this tweet and put it in a, uh, text bubble above Anakin. And it says, I'm not a former gifted student. I'm still gifted. Put me in the fourth grade class. I'd annihilate them. Like all I did at the first time. No. <laughs> uh, this says types of headaches and it's that graph where like the various parts of your head are highlighted in red, um, <laughs> migraines, hypertension, stress, Having Anakin as your paddle on it, it's a picture of angry Obi-Wan just with a red color grade <laughs> over all of them. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot off four real quick because they're all the same meme format. Um, if a live-action Lothcat wore pants, would he wore them like this or like this? Would he wore them like this? <laughs> would he wear them? Uh, and the low cat has them Ugh. on all four legs or Ugh. on just his back legs? Ugh. Um if Godzilla wore pants, would he wear them like this or like this? They put him, they put him sideways and put it on all four legs and just two legs. Mm. Um, and then uh, if uh, if an ATAT wore pants, would he wear them like this or like this? And I hate that. I hate it. Uh, what else you got, Rachel? Um, my girlfriend. Are you sure that's Filoni in the pilot's bar? Me. Who else wears a hat like that? Uh-huh. Classic. It's a, it's a clip from... Absolute classic. Clone Wars where Ahsoka and Anakin are talking about Cad Bane. <laughs> um, this has like a fully rendered great image of Godzilla from Godzilla King of the Monsters. And it says, I am literally a walking nuclear power plant. What is your ability? Then it's got this really poorly drawn monkey. It says monkey! monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Which is monkey. reference to Kong versus... Godzilla. It's a reference to King Kong, and just in case. Um, <laughs> well, if you d- look, just because it's called it monkey doesn't mean people will get it. It's picture Alan BD1. <laughs> Do you see this, sh- BD? I, I see this, sh- Cal. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so cute. BD1 um, and Cal's interaction are uh, the, the best parts yeah. of Chetta, a Fallen Order and Survivor. Um, this is referencing the scene you were talking about earlier. Um, it, it has, uh, what was Ken Watanabe's character's name again? Dr. Sarazawa. It has Dr. Sarazawa's head on the Chad body and says, walks into Atlantis, pets Godzilla, blows up. (laughs) (laughs) No! Wait, no, hold on. I just want to say, and we can talk about this later, but I'm so mad for many reasons at Godzilla versus King Kong because we have a whole character arc of um 
Dr. Serizawa learning to forgive mm-hmm. Godzilla, even though he sees Godzilla as a representation and the a representation of what killed his father, who died in Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. And then we have this great character for like two scenes in Godzilla versus King Kong of Dr. Serizawa's son mm-hmm. who wants to destroy the kaiju because his father died for it. And they just ignored that. They don't even tell you in the movie yes. that that's who that is. It's just yes. this random I'm Japanese guy. I'm so mad about Yeah. Anyways, we're going to talk about memes. Yeah. Oof. Um, uh, my final meme here. Oh, I have um, like three more. Uh, you said you had seven. Yeah, you showed three at once. But you've not, you've shown more than two. <laughs> I showed a video and I read a tweet. Ha, huh. okay. Uh, well, show me another meme. A- Average minute work concert. Okay. So Men at Work is, a, is an Australian band who's famous for Land Down Under and Who Could It Be Now? And this is... Oh, I get it. <laughs> so it's an image from Transformers. I assume this is the trash people the from the movie who had all Australian accents. <laughs> what a the reference. Wow. Um... <laughs> Right, I got two more. Can I? T- I send the offer to you. Do I get the same offer if I double down now that that's your meme? Do I, I didn't get double take the points? Offer. I, no, what I'm saying is, do I have that offer? If I double down right now that that's your meme, do I get sure. double points? You're behind enough. Is that your meme? Did you make that meme? Yeah, I made that. Yes! Meme. Double points, baby! All right, well, no more fun memes for me. I can't give you that opportunity <laughs> it's again. It's hilarious. I love it. That's a But just the minute work reference is so specific. But I love it. That's really good. Um, okay, my final meme. And I also have a video. Uh, let me uh, bring up the video real quick. Uh, show us another meme while I'm doing this. It's from Rebels. Where were you when I needed you? Um... Anakin's hallucination talking to Ahsoka in the temple. I wasn't even a character until 2008. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's, here's a video I found on YouTube. Sorry, my, did I turn my brightness up? No, I did not. Okay, here we go. So it's the scene from episode 7 when Han meets Kylo. I don't need it. Very dramatic. Kylo's taking off his helmet. So there's a very famous video. So in Attack of the Clones, you see all the different Separatist leaders. And there's one guy who just his head is poking out. And he has this like speaking apparatus, like machine apparatus. And as he's talking, he's got this very electronic voice. And he like adjusts his dials and like starts warping. And someone took that and made it so that he's just playing uh, like trap music or dubstep. And he's like adjusting it, making it louder. And everyone's like, can you turn that down? I can't hear anything. <laughs> well, they've taken that. And when Kylo took his helmet off, it's that guy. His name is Wat Tambor. And the moment he took his helmet off, the, the music started oh playing again. Gosh. And they took 
Han Solo's character, and he looked. They took it from a different scene where he looked really confused and turns away and runs and then falls off the, the bridge. Ah, oh, that was so funny. Uh, what else you got, Rachel? Shakti. Oh my god! I think we've done this one before, but it's uh, Shakti, as in Shaquille O'Neal T, as in they've taken Shaq's face and put him on Sh- uh, Shakti's face, who is an I want to be alien Shaquille from Star O'Neal Wars. So bad. <laughs> I want to. I want to be him. Um, I think this is my final meme. It says, "Get someone who looks at you the way Anakin looks at Captain Rex." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a photo of Hayden Christensen with a very bald uh, Natalie Portman. <laughs> uh, and bald, Rex, Rex was shaved bald, head. <laughs> bald. All right. Finish this up, Rachel. You got any more memes? No. That's it? Great. Um, send me your memes. Oh, wait. I already guessed yours. But send them to me anyway, so I'll have to post them later. Uh, I don't you made a great meme, Rachel. Nice. You should be proud of it. It's funny. You look, Rachel. You you told a creative, original joke that was funny. That's rare to find on the internet. Very rare. That's why I'm proud of us making our own memes every week. We are contributing something original to the internet, other than just our podcast. <laughs> um. So as we're she's doing that, um, I'd like to thank Caleb Jacoby for our intro I and outro music. Yet. I'm not closing out. I'm just doing the closing words while oh, you're okay. thinking, giving you time and not doing dead air because I don't, uh, Athena refuses to cut out dead spots in the pod. Um, she's just like, no, I asked her. She just looked at me with death stare, which is how she responds to most of the things I say to her. If not all of them, Athena, Athena, oh, she's ignoring me. She, okay. Are you she's guessing sleep? So you're guessing that I made, I am literally a walking nuclear power plant. What's your ability? Monkey. Is that monkey? That is not the one that I made. I made the one with Merle, the uh, loath cat wearing pants. (laughs) That's good. Saddest part of Ahsoka is that we don't know what happened to Merle. Oh, I've got to bring up our our score spreadsheet. I'm losing camera. Okay, i got to make mine really hard next week. (laughs) No, you're still winning, definitely. Nah. Because I was at eight and seven, Hold I think on, last me, week. Let me pull what. Let me see what the Twitter says, as if I've ever been right <laughs> on the Twitter. Um, so it's currently you're at ten and five. So now you're at ten and six. You're at eight and eight, right? No, nine no, and I, eight, nine and seven. Now I'm at ten and seven because I got two points. Oh, dead gummit! <laughs> oh, so we're tied. So I'm at ten and seven, so you've got one less loss than me now. Oh, yeah, I gotta make it. So you've still got the uh you've you've got the edge there. Hmm. I have some ideas already, but I gotta I gotta be careful. Did I get my math wrong? Yeah, I know. Last week. Oh, I'm typing in the wrong. Okay. I realized what I did wrong. Anyways, what's your favorite Men at Work song? <laughs> oh, that's a really good question. Wow. Mine, mine's still life. Well, they, this is an interesting. Uh, yeah, this is another one of our shared interests. We both. It's a relatively obscure band. They were really popular in the 80s. And they're Australian. <laughs> uh, but um, they're hit. They had a couple hits that people know for sure. Um, My dad's ringtone used to be, who can it be now? <laughs> and Sorry, I, I was still thinking about our sheet. What did you say your favorite one is? Still Life. 
Still, I don't think I know that one. It's but, got some funky synth going on. Um, still life. I so I would say of the original stuff, um, Land Down Under. This is a very nostalgic song for me. Still life by Minute Work. Let's play a quick, a quick sample of this song. I thought about this with a car all the weekend with the Junkie on concert, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Land Down Under is very nostalgic for me. It's a very fun, silly song. I'm talking over it, so hopefully we won't. <laughs> um, but uh, I especially recommend Men at Work watch the VH1 pop-up music video where it's the music video but it has like pop-up fun facts and it explains like all of the got the uh i almost said godzilla australian slang in it um is this not it or is this a different version this was the first result when i searched it uh yeah is that not the version you're used to because what I was about to talk about is... Wait, is it not called Still Life? I mean, that was a Men at Work song. Was that maybe the name of the album? No. Hold on. Why do I not have Men at Work in my library? What the heck? So so here's another version. Maybe. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. That's um, the one. I was like... You played the first one. I was like, I'm confused on what you're. So, uh, I would also recommend though. So the lead singer, whose name I'm totally blanking on, Colin Hay, he went back and and in his later years when he was just um, performing by himself, he covered a lot of the of the Ben at Work songs as like acoustics, and they I think they all worked a lot better. I think I think it brings the the meaning of the lyrics out a lot better. I think his voice works a lot better in the lyrics rather than the synth. I think he's actually an incredibly talented musician that works a lot better in that like acoustic area. So I actually really like Colin Hay a lot more than I like Men at Work. Yeah, it's Still Life from their Best of Men at Work album. I don't know. What yeah, that's interesting. There's two different versions. But yeah, um, so unexpected Anyways. plug for Men at Work here at the end. Uh, but fun band for sure. The music videos were also very fun. Uh, I think. I think their song Johnny Be Good may have been the theme song for like a TV show that was like um like Super Nanny or something. Oh my gosh, the this British is... show where she went and like It was like a quote unquote reality show yeah, where like she would go and like teach parents how to Yeah, she'd go and teach parents how to parent their kids. She has the patience of a saint. I couldn't do her job. Yeah. It it uh I think it may have been the theme song. Let me. I'm gonna try to prove this. Hold on. Okay, here's the. Uh, it's called "Be Good, Johnny." I'm gonna. Here's the Wikipedia page for it. I'm gonna Welcome see if to I can. Episode 41 of Rebels and Robots and Men. <laughs> Man, I really want to prove that I'm right on this. I really want to like have pulled this out from the deep recesses of my brain. Okay, let's see. Here, here's a Super Nanny theme song. It's about, this is what happens when we don't record forever. We just like have a very long <laughs> episode. So but things. I think the people who listen to this will appreciate this. 
All two of them. Just, just, yeah, just us rambling through. See, now the podcast is gone. So we used to, I used to keep us on a very strict line of Star Wars and Transformers and try not to deviate too much. But now the floodgates are open. This video will not load. I thought you had. I do have good <laughs> Wi-Fi. Are you connected to it? Yes. I mean, I can get to the YouTube page, but then the, the video just doesn't play. I heard a conspiracy theory that YouTube, uh, like has put an extra like five seconds on loading um if you're not using google chrome in order to encourage you to use google chrome would not surprise me um i have to upload videos to youtube for my job and they definitely upload faster in chrome that's for sure so i'm just gonna go to youtube and i'm just gonna see. look up the super nanny theme song that's what i'm doing and it, they won't play well i have everything okay here Man, nothing like the it shows that it's loading, but then it just doesn't play for whatever reason. Oh, okay, we going now. I keep getting the same Fitbit ads, not sponsored because <laughs> they won't leave me alone. And so I'm so not the shows that it's playing for my computer. This is so I apologize. Are you connected, are you connected oh, to your I figured it out. headphones? I figured it out. Yeah, that's it. I was right. That's that's been at work. I was right. I cannot believe I pulled that out. That is insane. I don't barely remember the show. I man, you can tell I'm a big old movie and TV geek. That that's still in my brain somewhere but yet i really struggle to remember my wife's birthday the, the men are at work in your brain <laughs> yeah no they aren't um actually that works because the name came from they saw some construction workers and there was one guy doing all the work and a bunch of guys standing around watching them work and that was the, the antithesis of the name of the not antithesis but the origin of the name inspiration of the, yeah um so thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Uh, this has been a ton of fun. We talked about a lot today. Uh, we will be back in two weeks. Because next week, we're going to watch Godzilla Minus One. Well, next week is, is Thanksgiving. No, that's this week. Oh, you're right. Wow. Okay, I'm totally wrong. We will be back next week. Yes. Yes. Well, okay. sometime because... We're probably not going to record after watching it. I would like to. I would like to get our first oh, opinions. Okay. But if, if we want to, we'll, we'll decide then. It depends on what one of two showings we want to go see. yes well i want to i was hoping to go to the earlier one nonetheless next week we will be seeing godzilla minus one the newest japanese language godzilla film Very exciting. um seems to be taking off thematically and uh stylistically a little bit from shin godzilla the 1954 original uh, yeah it's it, which yeah shin godzilla is definitely pulling from the original one mm -hmm. because you have two different camps two different godzilla films fall on a spectrum the original one, which is dead serious, allegory for the atomic bomb, and then super goofy, silly, uh, lo lower special effects. Son of Godzilla. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, if you've ever seen a photo of Son of Godzilla, he's a goofy looking character. Uh, Godzilla can be funny and heroic. He can be an absolute nightmare and a murderous psychopath. This new one definitely falls more on that latter half spectrum. Super excited to see it. I'm hearing good things. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun to see it in theaters. And um, yeah, any any final notes for the viewer listeners today, Rachel? Probably 
last Godzilla film we saw together. Did we go see Godzilla versus Kong? And yeah, we did. we did. Both okay. very disappointed about it. Uh, yeah, but we saw King of the Monsters. We'll have to do an episode on it before the new one comes out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be good to revisit it. If I, think... I had a nickel for each time there was a podcast reference in a legendary Godzilla <laughs> franchise, I'd have two nickels. Which is a lot, <laughs> but it's weird that it's happened twice. Yeah. Um, so, uh, give us something to read on the pod. Leave a review, tweet, or DM us memes or opinions. But as always, do not leave a review on Amazon. We will yeah. not see it. Uh, but this is Cameron and Rachel signing off, saying, "If Rachel's ever in any kind of monster trouble, just express ship her to just Jesus. Kill me. <laughs> just kill me. If that's how I go, that's how I go. But I'm not." I, Look, I'll be eaten by bugs. I want to be dead for it. Just take care of Athena. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Alice, will you give me a check on your microphone? Check. Talk Hello, conversational Cameron. volume. I'm thinking about Athena and how smart she is to be able to. You need to speak up a little bit. Okay, so I'm thinking about Athena's intelligence and how amazing she is, and how maybe we'll finally be able to bond. And talk into the microphone, please. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, that was a really fun time that we just had watching the show. How are you? I'm okay. How how would you describe how tonight went? With the show? This this evening. It was a good evening. Athena was madder at you than me, which made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>